Well, geez, after our uh, spectacular episode uh, 200, we're here at uh, episode 201. Did something weird happen at the end of last week's episode? Yeah. I don't. I can't explain it, but something weird. It's happened. like there was like a, like a uh, crossing of uh, the timelines, like a, almost like and a the, gate opened up, and, and the faggotest, um, big tittedest timeline crossed over with the regular timeline, and these these two idiots were also on the show with me and you for like an hour or so. But it was weird. It was like at the, they were really unentertaining and stupid. It was like it was a different day, but Chuck wasn't here. Yeah, it took two of them to take uh, Chuck's place. Yeah, but I was sitting on the other side of the table. And we didn't even mention him in that. And the table was like... The, felt like it's it like was, you didn't exist. It felt like the table was on the ceiling, and, yeah. and then gravity had We were reversed. actually dancing on the ceiling, and, and I'm here to talk about why... Uh, what we, a feeling that was. It, what a feeling. I was a maniac on the ceiling. What? <laughs> that doesn't fit. <laughs> well, I couldn't figure out anything to come into this week, uh, so I just figured I'd play one of my favorite songs from the early 2000s. I think this was maybe the jam of the year that year, 2002, maybe, 2003, perhaps. But anyway, let's get into it. Now, uh, usually I don't do this, but... Uh, wait, you can't play that. Go on, What's wrong with this? I'm off with a little previews of the remix. Haven't you been keeping now, track? He's peeing all those... R. Kelly. Yes. Robert Kelly. Basically buying... Robert Aloysius Kelly. Basically buying children from their parents. What? Yes. You don't say. Yes. Huh. You gotta keep, up, keep in touch with these things, man. But it's Ignition Remix I'll, I'll grant you it's a great song It's a jam I mean, well, but, come on, but, get into it with me Come on now, bounce with me You go over this way? You don't move it now So you're saying he's yeah, doing I, weird sexual stuff? Yeah, I can't do it, I can't do it To so, human, okay let me, let me You pick know what, the, you pick a fucking I'm gonna song pick then, the song. I'm gonna pick the song Okay, fine Alright, you ready? Go You know what? I think that you're right. This is perfect. It's a great song, isn't it? It's a jam. Guy never does any wrong. I mean, he's, he, all those children. Thriller. 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 Where did you come from, baby? won't you take me back? Got a way to me, baby. Tenderoni, you've got to. Tenderoni? Old enough to crawl, they're in the right position. Shwammo, tis high. <laughs> the prince of podcasting. The bipolar rock and roller, the sultan of slits, the godfather of gash. Here we are, episode 201, 201, 201, 201, 201, 201, 201, 201, 201, 201 of the world's greatest podcast. World's most anti-pedophilia podcast. Not this week. Hey, what? What happened? Oh, Michael's a good guy. All those kids he helped. He's looking at the man in the mirror. Wade drops and, and he and he wants to change. It's just that none of them are him. Jimmy Safe Chuck. Jimmy Safe Chuck. Yeah, that's is one. That, of, is that the name of the kid? It's one of the boys that he helped whenever they were kids. Wade Robson's Jimmy Safe Chuck. Bubbles. Bubbles was the monkey, and he's talked out of turn a few times, but. You know how monkeys are. They're so stupid. He had a monkey? He had a monkey. He has a chip. Technically, he didn't have a, a he had a chip. An ape. Yeah. Yeah, because all apes, all monkeys are apes, but all apes aren't monkeys. Thank you. I'll be here all week. That's a good one, I guess. Episode 201. <laughs> and Michael's back, baby. He's been in the news all week for all the generosity. Uh, 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 that's a good song. 
It actually really is. <laughs> I'm going to separate the goddamn fuck out of this artist and his art. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're all going to have to get on board with that. Yeah. <laughs> I, if I ever get married again, the Mission Remix is playing right after Thriller. <laughs> Suck it. All right. I cut it. <laughs> I mean, are you, are you going to not use uh, anti-cancer medication just because you didn't like the Nazis? Yeah. No, I'm not. I mean, that's, I use it even though I don't have cancer. Be like, well, I'd rather. I mean, it's like I'd rather like, I'd rather die than use an idea that they came up with. Well, it's like you know, are you not going to use meth because of the Nazis? Yeah, um, are we not going to uh, hate Jews because of the Nazis? Come on, guys, come on. Logic. <laughs> Can't let us stop. <laughs> I mean, we already we've already conceded that awesome mustache. The Michael Jordan mustache. Yeah. <laughs> While we're on Hitler, I, I want to announce on air that. Um, the song 3AM by Matchbox 20 must be eradicated from the earth forever. All transgressors will be put into concentration camps. Is that really their worst song, though? It's just its just the one that I keep hearing I mean, on, B100, on, on uh, Groovy 94.1. And I wanted to stop. Yeah, boy! Um, That's the one they play? They don't pick Push? Is it because of the domestic violence? They, they play several of them. I, Rob Thomas, I, I think he thought he became Latino there for a minute because all the oh, songs smooth. But, well, I mean, and then he had a couple of songs with like Latino flavor. I hate that one too. Yeah, that's a really so, bad, as much as I like Santana. I mean, but I hate do you like all. Santana? The, I like him. Okay, he seems like a nice enough guy. But he I'm can not play. Buying, I mean, I'm not buying a Santana record. And can he play though? There could be some. Anger going on outside. Fisticuffs. <laughs> I think all the dogs in, in town are outside at the same time. Okay. Well, I didn't hope it was one of those big German shepherds. No, those German shepherds don't want any of this. They don't want any Baxter. I don't want Baxter. They, they've never bothered them before. Baxter is a ball of fury. What is going on out there? It's the neighbor's dog. All the out. all the neighbors, all the dogs in the neighborhood are out. The first the first crack of sunshine. It is spring. It feels like it. I saw some clover coming up. Was there any crimson? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> over and over. Bob had to strut in here and look around like he had just done. <laughs> who is that? It's uh, Tommy James and the Shondells, and don't you forget it, my friend. I can't believe you actually know who the fuck that was. <laughs> I heard it yesterday. <laughs> well, it's kind of like me knowing Martha and the Vandellas. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, episode 201, we had a an amazing, raucous episode 200 event where, like I said, something weird happened. And Yeah. We're, I'm not. We're back to normal, though. As such as it is, yes. As normal as we can get. Yeah. Um, normal. He said normal. Normal? I mean that normal. You know that <laughs> Garfield. As you can see from this panel, Garfield is not a fan of normal. He <laughs> <laughs> always wanted to ship him to Abu Dhabi, or was that Rody? No, it's well, it's both. He I mean, ship him both to Abu Dhabi. It was, it was you know, a terrible place for them. I, I guess I don't even know if that's a real place. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. Oh, okay. It's weird. It's not a good place. It's fucking good, right? So apparently he's f- flipping out on an interview. And he flipped out on Gail. 
Remember Oprah's friend just Gail there, that right? was just that was just a person that she would talk about for 25 years, and mm-hmm. now she's got a job, like on TV. Her. But apparently she's a really good interviewer. Oh, she was keep fucking fantastic. Keeps her calm. Robert, like she's. I didn't watch the whole thing. I just saw a few clips. She was like a mom talking to him, and they're probably the same age. I don't think I'd want to watch it. It's just him getting indignant and crying a lot. But that's what I hear. I mean, it's it was like a two hour interview. Mm. I think I'd want to see it just to see him lose his mind. But I mean, you can get the small clip of that. Speaking of two hours, you guys catch any of uh, Trump's CPAC speech? Was it just? Was it really th- almost three hours long? It was two hours long. Jesus, I thought it was him like just getting up there and railing against fucking everybody, and you know, <laughs> hug, coming out and hugging the flag in the most smarmy, disgusting fucking thing I've ever seen. It my- looked like a Down syndrome kid hugging his dad. Didn't leg. it really? Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen it? No. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they. I'm. They probably made plenty of gifts out of it by now. Um, See, I guess YouTube would be the place to go. Trump hugging flag. <laughs> Trump hugging child. Yeah, that never happens. Let's see. Okay. Uh, I want the short. Well, okay. Here's a thirty. Well, no, that's Fox News. They're gonna put the best spin they can on it. Okay, here we go. Trump, the American flag is like a magnet. <laughs> I love that he does Have come you ever fucking song. anything? It's uh, just... Some were repelled. I don't know. I, you salute it. Looks like a normal, like, pandering thing that any... That politician... There's nothing do. normal pandering about that fucking man. I mean, he's just... I mean, hugging the flag. I, I could see... I, I don't mind you hugging the flag if you actually believed in it. I could see Mitt Romney doing that or, yeah, or but, W. Or. But I think there's a, at least a, a small kernel of of, gen, of you know genuine about it. Oh. He, he, there's no nothing genuine about anything he does. You don't nothing. Th- you don't think he actually has like like patriot no. like sentiments no. in his heart and mind? Absolutely not. But have you seen the way he sings "God Bless the USA"? He doesn't know the words, but he knows the chorus. Those are the only words I like. Know, I, right? I like. Yeah, but I'm not. I don't pretend to be some <laughs> super painter. I like the fact when he. I like when it zeroes in on him. He's. Have you seen yeah. that? <laughs> no. <laughs> fucking dictarded. Yeah, he's a fucking idiot, dude. It's so terrible. Um, <laughs> I gotta see it now. You're talking about yeah. zooming in on his face. <laughs> yeah, when he when God bless the USA is playing and he didn't know any of the words and when and it might be isn't it the. Uh, he doesn't know any words of the Star Spangled Banner either. I'll even not, no. you know. He was singing along with old Lee Greenwood, who uh, I promise um, is a Trump fan. Is a, not only a Trump fan, but a um, he, he's the reason why all these bad things keep happening because he wants it, to keep selling every time he copies sings, of, yeah. of God Bless the USA. God bless. <laughs> It's actually a good song. Yeah, but it came out right after, right before the first Gulf War, mm-hmm. and they'd keep trotting out old Lee Greenwood for his fucking bullshit song. Faggot ass <laughs> motherfucker, <laughs> bitch ass faggot. <laughs> Fuck Lee Greenwood and his whole crew. He comes, he comes through. 
fucking losing I, I bodies can't imagine. in the street. Who would be in Lee Greenwood's I'm crew? I'm Let, let's open up, in the let's open up that fucking no, okay. topic. Who let's would be do in it. Lee Greenwood's let's fucking do it. crew? Let's fucking Franklin do it. Graham. Franklin Graham is, of course, in Lee Greenwood's crew. Just performed moments ago Fucking Lee Greenwood. With what, T. Graham Brown's coming down? Is that Lee Greenwood? That's not Lee Greenwood. <laughs> Can you imagine? Greenwood joins me now via phone, fresh off the stage. Is that it? That might be Lee Greenwood. I want to see Lee Greenwood. Fourth inaugural performance. How was it? Does this? Oh God, I don't. Yeah, we don't need it. But okay, Franklin Graham, T. Graham Brown, both people named Graham. Um, (laughs) (sighs) Jim Baker, I suppose. No, Tammy Faye. That's Tammy Faye. Well, she's dead. I don't care. Okay, this is a fantasy. Okay, we're talking about uh, you know all time greatest hits. Uh, Okay, um, of people that would be in Lee Greenwood's crew. (laughs) Well, it's got to be Billy Graham then. I mean, fuck Franklin. Yeah, Billy Graham. Um, um, Kirk Franklin. <laughs> Herb Alpert and the assembled Tijuana Brass will be in his crew. <laughs> I don't know why. My, that reminds me of the time. Annie chose a bunch of records to put up on her wall. Like she's, she's got the best sense of humor. But it's like mine. It's like slightly off. So she put up all these records, and one of them was the Harmonicats. It's just a bunch of guys playing harmonicas. And one of them she chose because she's like, look, Dad, none of them ready, we're ready to take the picture. And she's absolutely right. And they didn't retake it. I don't know if you've ever thumbed through a record store's collection, but it is it is lousy with Herb <laughs> Alpert and Tijuana Brass. Is, as, as in, the, as in the, uh, the announcer, Herb Alpert? Herb Alpert. Alpert. And the Tijuana Brass. I've, ne- I've I've bought one of his records. Just be like, what the fuck? I've never played it because I oh, I see almost all Herb Alpert in the Tijuana Brass. Yeah, it's fucking insane. Well, then she got a she got a copy of uh, Judy Garland somewhere in the right branch. She put a Hitler mustache on Judy Garland. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> um, no, but I actually did one of the most. Patriotic feelings I've ever had is I was at Cedar Point, and they do this at the end of the night. They do this uh, laser light show and fireworks and stuff. You know, it's really nice because it got the money, and they play "God Bless the USA" in it, and it makes you and it and it doesn't. It shows images like you know Iwo Jima and stuff like that. You know, stuff when even though we had our problems back then, we weren't where we are now. You know what I mean? It's there was actually some. Some genuine, you know, we we had to we had to fight that war. I mean, that that could be debated, I suppose. But if we hadn't, Hitler had marched all over the earth. I mean, it's just you know we were not that we were the only only ones fighting it. You know, of course the 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 Russians. That's another thing I want to get to. I can't wait for for um, favorite things this week because I listened to almost all of Celtic Holocaust and I, I can't wait to talk about that. Is but that anyway, the b- b- the um the uh, Dan Carlin. Dan, okay. Okay. But anyway, um, the, by, by the way, this is what Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass sounds like. Is it really Herb? It's Herb Alpert. It's not her. Is it a different guy than Herb Albert? Marv Albert. Marv Albert. Whatever. Yes, and it counts. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> oh, darn. <laughs> Bite my ass. Because <laughs> he's you know uh, he's into weird stuff. Yeah, he's into weird stuff. Um, 
Not having his ass bitten would have been weird for him, though. Sure. What do you mean? You're not going to bite my ass? <laughs> not having it bitten in a weird enough way. <sighs> anyway. There's normal ass biting, and then there's like, you know, outside the box ass biting. Yeah, sure, of course. Some people want blood, blood brought. Some people like snarling. That song right there is fucking great. That's Take Five by Dave Brubeck. Um, I was going to say, though, World War II, we had to fight them. I mean, if we hadn't, if they had conquered England and had a staging ground That's right, Daddy-o. to get to... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> woman, woman, woman. She was the thief. You gotta believe. She stole my heart and my cat. God, it's the worst. I love that movie. That part's terrible. <laughs> it's great. Um, excuse me. I believe I ordered the large cappuccino. Hello. <laughs> Come on. God, he's such a hack sometimes. Um, but no, as, ahead, Daddy, as I was saying, the Nazis actually did have. There was a thing on the war with the, the, the Ken Burns documentary, and, and there was a guy from uh, Waterbury, Connecticut, or one of the, or one of those small areas up there, and he was talking to a German soldier who spoke flawless English with an accent from that area, and he had practiced for years in preparation for the fact that the Nazis had staging areas and were going to conquer these places and install themselves. And if they had gotten over to England, they very well could have. I mean. Uh, not that we weren't Not that we wouldn't have fought and bled them for every inch We would have But, but eventually they would have showed up here on, on our doorstep and They wouldn't have won Like you can't, you can't defeat the United States In the contiguous United States You just can't Because not only are you fighting our army You're fighting partisans You're fighting so many partisans And, nev- well, and never forget Don't start a land war In, in Asia, Asia. <laughs> It's one of the, one of the classic blunders <laughs> <laughs> Well that's what the, the Japanese said I'm using a soft J from now on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said that you could never invade America because there'd be a rifle behind every blade of grass. That's the truth. I mean, well, it's currently. Well, I mean, and and I, and again, I'm a, I'm a gun rights person. All this stuff. I'm not a fucking homosexual. I mean, you have to make that that fucking. I mean, you don't put the shotgun shells in your b hole while you're cranking it. <laughs> no, and I don't. Shamo. <laughs> You're going to be doing that from now on, too. Um, I could see... Maybe John, your thoughts. Shimon. If you had some two-gauge shells. <laughs> two-gauge. They're, two. you know, much bigger, much more girthy. Yeah. It's, they're like giant. They're like pop cans. <laughs> it's like the size of, like, you know, what you're used to. Yeah. Or what I'm, at least what I'm BBC. used to. BBC. What I'm used to, at least. <laughs> wow. What a show. God damn it. How have we kept going this long? <laughs> 201 episodes <laughs> Four years of this bullshit <laughs> Not quite Almost We're just about a month and a half away Yeah That's what we should have a four year spectacular Two spectaculars in one year We'll do Well we're gonna We're probably gonna do a four year anniversary thing Yeah It won't be much It'll be just like last week probably It'll probably <laughs> be the same thing we do all the time Right Only we'll just put a label on it And say it's Yeah it's, we'll say it's spectacular or some bullshit Yeah We could just Here's what we do We wait if somebody wants to, they can make a clip show. I'm not doing it. We, if one of you <laughs> listeners out there wants to. That's fucking dope. I'm going to go ahead and give it's away material. Give away this idea that we're going to use. We're going to. What's going to happen is we're going to do several more shows, and then we're going to do another one, and it's going to be the 200th episode. But it's going to be 200A. But we're but we're just going to act like 
those the last episodes we did didn't happen. We can do that. Okay. And then and then there'd be like two hundred A B C D E F, and then we'd go back to two hundred six. You know what's a fun thing I can do? Just to <laughs> just to fuck with people, I can um, delete the uh, the files and replace them on the uh, RSS feed. No, leave the files here. I'm just saying I can, so I I can uh, put them out of order or do whatever I want to do. Right. Hmm. I'm not, I mean, I can. I'm not going to do that though, because that's a lot of work. I'm sure that But if somebody out there Wants to make like a Five minute long clip show Or a clip thing That we can play something for it That's great You're not gonna catch me doing that You, and, you are no danger of me And doing you are it. not coming on the show Because you are a danger To all, all <laughs> of us I don't want you to know Where this, this place is <laughs> I don't know You want you to know Where I live <laughs> or where But if you want show. to John Radcliffe uh, John Shatter uh, John Morgan Hell I don't care if you want any of the it. Johns, any, anybody named John, if you're not named John, step off. We only have listeners named We're the John. only John podcast. Check yourself before you riggedy wreck yourself because I'm bad for your health. I come full stealth. <laughs> anyway, you were saying some bullshit about war. No, I was just saying that uh, <laughs> in any protracted timeline, the Nazis still lose, but not in Man in the High Castle. They tied. You know, it's fiction. It's historical fiction, though. <laughs> it's Harry Turtle Dove. <laughs> no, it's not. It's uh, Philip K. Dick. But anyway, um, no, I'm just saying that the that the Nazis. Uh, now I know why he used uh, an initial because people would have just called him Phil Dick. <laughs> Damn, that's right, Daddy. That's gold. <laughs> that's right, cool cat. I don't know. I think. I think if the Nazis had gotten the Ark, if Indy hadn't stopped them, even the even the United States couldn't have stopped them. You don't think we could have? Well, I mean, not if they had the Ark and knew how to use it. I mean, ah, oh, come on. What if they had gotten the what Shankar? If we had the what, if they, what if they had gotten the Shankara stones from uh, from those uh, walls? Hey, I mean, over you there can make the, that. I mean, gamer specs game. You can make. We that have argument. the Infinity Gauntlet though. You can make the Infinity that, Gauntlet is on American soil. You can make that argument. Sit down there and be quiet. You're hurting yourself. You're you're mixing fucking continuities here. Me and John are talking. It's all Disney. When baby. I need your opinion, it's all Disney, when baby. I need your opinion, it's all Disney, baby. Anyway, it's, it's all Disney. Disney, Hitler. NASA. They can they can do whatever they want with that shit. They can mix and match, man. Can you imagine Captain America with fucking Indiana Jones? Shit your pants now in front of me. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Here's what would have happened is the United States and the Nazis would have become allies. Actually, at this point in time, I could see another uh, racist demagogue state stepping up and being nice to this stupid fucking moron and then and us making an alliance with him. He he probably would do it. I don't I don't think it's that much based on the, the race thing. I don't think. I mean, there's. I'm just saying that's an incidental, but it's you know it's definitely a yeah. part of the of the equation. Like yeah. Say some state arises in in Eastern Europe. Say it's not Russia necessarily, but another state that starts this fucking demagogue nonsense uh, based on uh, hating Muslims or something. I can see Trump and all his people back. It's getting scary, man. It's getting really fucking scary with all the shit that they're doing. And I have tuned out of being an alarmist. I'm not necessarily an alarmist anymore, but they're eroding more and more of of who we are as a nation every day. I guess sometimes in some ways that shouldn't be a negative, but I'm just saying, I don't know. Well, there are all kinds of 
far right uh, groups in Europe. Marie Le Pen. If she if she would have gotten elected in France. My friend who lives in Berlin said that there's like actual Nazi marches in mm-hmm. Berlin. Sure. And he's very scared, but he's, you know, living in a big city and scared, you know. But we actually have... Scared of Trump and... Well, uh, what I'm saying, yeah, but he's... I mean, we have a, a president who won't who won't engage in a full-throated condemnation of Nazis. He just won't. I mean, they've asked him to do it, and you saw the you saw the fucking... There's good fuck. people on both sides. Well, not only that, but when they asked him to do it, he didn't. I mean... Uh, he was being forced to do it, you know. He's so bo- his body language is so apparent. I know, it's all there. It's a fucking toddler. <laughs> you know, WPFR. That's Berlin. You take my breath away. I see the clips from Top Gun on it. <laughs> Goddamn right, you see the clips from Top Gun. Yeah, they're making a sequel to that. Yeah, and Val Kilmer's coming on board. He's on board. That's fucking dope. Hope he gets back in shape. Ice man. You think he'll get back in shape? Sure, probably. Because he's a method, you know what I mean. He's got to be so he's got so he's got to be Iceman again. So he's got to be Iceman what he would be at that age. You think he got to you a know? point where he was like, hmm? Told, told his managers to only put him up for parts where you can be slovenly, because he kind of felt like being a, <laughs> being a bit of a slob for a while. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, whatever, whatever pays the bills. Jesus Christ, Val. He got so snub. He got so snubbed though. I mean, not getting at least a nomination for Tombstone is a fucking travesty. Did you see the doors? I don't even like the doors, but that was a pretty good fucking performance. It was a good performance, but Jesus Christ. I mean, Oliver Stone. Okay, there's Platoon. I watched Platoon again the other day and really watched it. Like, took all the nostalgia and stuff out of it. Movie is fucking disturbing, and it's a good movie. And then you have Wall Street. Wall Street's a fucking classic. It's a great movie. I loved you in Wall Street. It's on part, Hot Shots Part and Do. Um,. And then he he had born on the fourth of July, and then it was a, a downward slide. I like, on the 4th of it's July. it's good, but it's not as good as Plateau. Wasn't he um, Mickey and Mallory? Uh, he wrote it. He didn't direct he it. Quentin direct Tarantino it. directed it. Quentin Tarantino did not. Direct Wait a second. That's right. Oliver Stone directed it. Or Oliver Stone wrote. Who fucking directed that? Well, goddamn let's look movie? it up then, shall we? With Natural Born Killers, right? Yes. Carlos Condit. <laughs> Woody Harrelson, Juliet Lewis. You guys know that's how you pr- actually pronounce that. Juliet. Oliver Stone, director. Quentin Tarantino, written, and David Veloz. Okay, I knew. Uh, some, I knew it was that dynamic somehow. But anyway. I would have rather. I want to see a version where Tarantino directs it, so that there's like the N word a thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was it was good enough with Tommy Lee Jones as fucking that prison warden. God, he was. Aw- I mean, he was great, but he was terrible. Robert Downey was the journalist. Yeah, and he was great too, and that was in the middle. In the midst of, I don't even know if he'd gotten sober at that point. I don't think so. I think he's still coking it up. He looked like it. Yeah. I mean, it'd, it'd be the, that's the perfect role for him to be on coke. Well, well, performing. he's such a good actor. Um, I wonder if the stories are true about him washing dishes at a pizza place at one point. Well, let's just assume it is. I mean, because he, what's his name? Um, some actor that played a homeless person followed around a guy in, in Charleston, Aqualung. Really? Yeah. Huh. Again, I don't know if that's true. I've never looked it up, but that's that's the legend. There. No, I mean, what's the 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 tale? We've the uh, the line from uh, the man who shot Liberty Valance. It's the old West, uh, Mister Stoddard. 
when legend becomes fact, print the legend. Mm. So there's a documentary called that too. Yeah. Print the legend. It's a great fucking line. It's a great movie. I watched it again the other day. Um, I need to watch it. I've never, I never really got into the old westerns. It's not. I've seen like the ones that would play on. I've said TV. this before, but it bears repeating. Um, that one, yes, it's a western. Yes, it has two of the finest, well, three of the finest performances in movie history. Has Je- I mean, I know he's out of uh, Jimmy Stewart, <laughs> and he's full. An he, angel got his he, wings he, or something. He, he's full, He is full on Jimmy Stewart in that fucking movie. I mean, it is. <laughs> now, 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 well, now you tell God me. Got it. And he's, you know, anyway. Uh, then there's the, e- the son of a bitch bit me. <laughs> John Wayne. Well, I know he's out of favor right now, but he's still. That was- uh, John Wayne's out of favor because he said something almost racist a hundred years. Fuck you, not you, but yeah, I know. I the mean, collective, the, the yeah, royal you, the royal you. Suck fuck, my dick. Yeah, fuck him. Um, and then the unsung performance in it for the longest time is Lee Marvin playing Liberty Valance himself, and John's shadow boxing right now, just so everybody knows. I see he's throwing bows. You can take the boy out of the dojo, but you can't take the dojo <laughs> out of the boy. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a long one, but it could be good. Um, I'll just do the last half. But anyway, the story goes is that this guy, Ransom, started moves to uh, Shinbone is the town. Uh, and he gets beaten up by Liberty Valance almost to death, basically. And then they nurse him back to health. So Liberty Valance had hands? He was just a fucking old west, old west kook. He had a fucking whip. He had a fucking cat, like a crop, and he beat 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 his fucking like beat him real bad. John Wayne finds him, brings him in. Uh, they patch him up, and then he starts to. He's going to be a lawyer, and this is the old west. And John Wayne puts it best. He pulls out a gun. And he said, "That don't mean anything." He's like, "Here's your law out here." And he's absolutely right. But by the end of the Same movie, way John Wayne, I can't do John Wayne. Here's your lie out here. <laughs> you better start popping a pop gun, Pilgrim. Anyway, um, and at the end is how is the timeline at the beginning where it's years later. There's a it's a big town now. There's a railroad, you know, uh, telegraph wires. Not electricity quite yet, but it's gonna it's it's on its way, you know, and. Fuck uh, Tom Donovan, which is John Wayne's character, is, has died, and uh, R.I.P. in peace. And uh, Ransom Stoddard, Jimmy Stewart, and his wife come back for the funeral. Ransom Stoddard. Yeah, it's a weird name. Ransom R A N S O M. Yeah, it's pretty. Cool. And they call it Rance, you know. But then, uh, th- and he starts telling this story. The reason he became a senator is because he's the man who shot Liberty Valance. Liberty Valance was a notorious fucking gunfighter and murderer. And then they got into a. Uh, an old west shootout and jimmy stewart killed him he didn't kill him tom tom, tom donovan killed him and that didn't tell prick. anybody didn't tell anybody he shot from over his shoulder or something just shot him shot him you know yeah basically he was just like he was gonna wait he wait for jimmy stewart to, to get his gun up and then he shot and he killed him because he was gonna kill jimmy stewart and then the the girl falls in love with jimmy stewart but Tom loved her like and then he at the end he burns he burns this room he was building for and you know he's really heartbroken about it and the saddest part of the whole movie is she got a cactus rose and there's no real roses you know in the desert there's just cactus roses she put it on Tom's grave or on his on his casket and then they're sitting in the in the train and she's like um, honey who put 
the cactus roses on Tom's grave. And she says, I did. And that's the end. She actually was thought she had, she, I think she thought she had made a mistake by being his wife because she loved Tom. But she liked, she liked what Ransom Rance represented. So it's really a metaphor. You have the Old West type guy, which is John Wayne, which just exemplifies the it's Old West. It's just like the notebook when that girl, like, you know, she's like, with that rich dude who's really awesome, but she just loves Noah, yeah. even though he's an idiot. Uh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, and then Jimmy Stewart represents civilization. So she fell you know it's basically the the contention of society which is more attractive the man who operates within the law or the man who operates outside the law is a strong dude see what i'm saying it's a whole yeah. thing and the movie it's a conundrum it's a more more ambiguity thing you like this well it's not necessarily more moral ambiguity as it is just a, a a very subtle metaphor and it's you need to watch that movie. It's great. It is, I think, in my opinion, the best western of all time. Is it considered a spaghetti western? Like no, they did not. All those it's, not, in, it's not Sergio Leone. It's not any of that. Because they did all those. In I don't Italy. like that. Better than Streets like of Laredo. Those. I've never seen that. What about Streets of Bakers? It, it was a it was a straight to VHS um, part of the Lonesome Dove books. Oh God, Lonesome Dove. That was very poorly done, but I still love it. Well, I mean, I've never, I loved Lonesome Dove. I've never seen Lonesome Dove, so I can't. Oh my God, I, it's four I've years long. On, I got it on DVD. I'll watch it. I mean, I'm. I, I mean, like it, westerns. It's one I of those. Them. It's one of those ones. I, I probably watch Lonesome Dove, and it's long, mm-hmm. as much or more than any other. movie It's a in mini my series, life. and then yeah. they did sequels to the mini series. Oh later yeah, on. and I've got the sequels too. I've got Comanche Moon on DVD. That was a newer one that Val Kilmer's in. I actually heard about that one. He's actually kind of bad in it, but I still like it. <laughs> now that was the, his, that time period that uh, he was decided he didn't want to do anything. So to yeah, he was a slob. Yeah. So was, in in your opinion. Uh, Lonesome Dove is the best western. I didn't say that. Okay, I thought you. It's someone I've watched the most. It's, okay, it's the best western miniseries. Let's say that. The best western. God, that's tough because I know I don't. It, best I, westerns a hotel. It's got to be Jane. It's got to be one of the spaghetti westerns, doesn't I it? Fuck so many women. Best western. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anywho, um, that's a long time ago. But I like um, listen to Sting. I, I never knew the wrestler had such a good voice. And a great bass player. Uh, that's not a good Sting song. I know, but you were talking about a Cactus Rose. So. Okay, but I, yeah, but I was, okay, but I was saying that that's the best Western of all time. Followed, and, and I go back and forth, man. Shane, holy fuck, Shane's a good movie, and it's I watched that one when I was a kid. It's dated. Dad loved it. It's extremely dated. Dad loved Billy Jack too. I've never that, seen Billy that's Jack. not really a Western, although he did wear a cowboy hat. Right. I think he's a Native American guy, isn't he? I think so. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to put my left foot on the right side yeah, of your Yeah, that's face. a great fight. That's a really cla- iconic line. But then you had uh, Unforgiven is up there. It's pretty um, solid. I watched the first 10 seconds of it, but it, it opened up with uh, him in a whorehouse. Looked like he was probably getting a tug, and Dad turned it off because I was like... Ten whenever it came out. Oh, my parents took me to see it at the theater. They didn't give a. We fuck. went. We went <laughs> three times to see it in the theater. Unforgiven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. I mean, I remember going to see it, and I was blown away because I had always kind of liked westerns when I was a kid, but then I got turned off to them because you know they got rammed into my head. Well, you got to watch this, and you'll appreciate it. And finally, when I sat down and watched it on my uh, in my own, of my own volition, right? You know, and my cousin fought me tooth and nail on. Uh, the outlaw, I mean, not the outlaw Josie Wells, uh, the man who shot Liberty Valance. He said, it's black and white. It's John Hayes. I'm not interested. I said, watch the fucking thing. I went to the library and took out a copy 
of the Man Who Shot Liberty Valentine. I plunked it down on his DVD player. I said, you watch that shit today. You're not doing anything else. He had just come home from having a dental procedure. I threw it in. He could barely get up. I was like, you're watching that shit. And he watched it. He's all it. drugged up. And, yeah, shit. and he loved it. He said, he, he said, you were absolutely right. That is a he great movie. He might have felt threatened that uh, <laughs> if he didn't at least partially agree with it, he might be dead. <laughs> not like that. Even though I did drag my cousin by his balls down the fucking <laughs> The, the, the last day I drank, me and my that co- deserves. This is a story that deserves to be told. Okay. I believe. The last day I drank, me and my cousin got into kind of a altercation, and I grabbed him and drug him by his balls down the hallway. Fuck yes, yeah. I don't remember doing it, and 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 I don't also remember what I was. What they said happened next is our roommate said did said something, and I looked at him and said, he said it wasn't even your voice coming out. You was eerie. I said you'll get it next if you don't shut the fuck up, and he was just like, fuck yeah. <laughs> And I was just like, uh, when they told me the next day, I about broke down, man. It was terrible, like feeling that, that feeling, because that's not me. You guys know me. I'm a nice person. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Dickhead. But you know me. I, I'm, Y'all know me. Still the same old G, but I've been low key. I mean, I'm just a, I'm a gentle person. I don't, you know, do that kind of Some stuff. Some might say you're a gentleman. Yeah. That's more of an affectation than it is an actual... That was pushed on me when I was a kid too. You got to be a gentleman. I mean, what the fuck is that? What is a gentleman? Every time I, every time he said it, I imagined sitting around in a pinstripe suit with a fucking monocle. I didn't know what the fuck it was. And a cigar. Yeah. And a boulder, der- boulder like, hat, like a derby or one of the one of the. If it's springtime, you'll have his nice seersucker suit. Yeah. Blue and white pinstripe, red bow tie. And one of those straw hats that's flat on top and comes down. And around. I imagine that song. Come have a cigar and, and a brandy with the men folk. I would think. I'd Come over here, sweetheart. No ladies allowed in cognac. this room. <laughs> a nice cognac in one of those snifters. I've never had a cognac. There's no. It's it's like the it's like the Native Americans putting women into like uh, menstruation tents. Did they really do that? Yeah, some of them did. <laughs> and, and it's Mints. like you, you, no no ladies in the cigar room. Uh, yeah yeah yeah. Uh, we, we keep them comfortable. We keep them comfortable. What the fuck is that? Oh my goodness. You obviously didn't what watch. will be made. You didn't watch all four hours and forty minutes of Alex Jones on Joe Rogan. I did not. For some reason, the rest of the world seems to have. <laughs> I, I, I'm willing to bet that is the most viewed and listened to podcast of all time. Because people that I don't even know that I, that pod that I don't think know what podcasts are have listened to it. Yeah, or at least seen snippets of it. Yeah. Anyway, how do you feel about this song, Chuck? Black album. I don't like Black album. This song's well, good. The last though. good Metallica album was in this my is opinion. A good, this is a good pop, for all. This is a good pop song, right? It's, it's a good a rock and roll song. song. Yeah, it's a good rock and roll. A song pop rock song. It's pop rock. But the uh, I like nothing else matters. We listened to um, when their new album came out. They had some. I think we listened to some. I don't think on the on the show or anything. And you seem to like that because it was like more of the thrash type thing from way way back in the day. Yeah, that's the thing. I've also left that behind. I mean, it's it's, a, it's an odd thing to actually go back and and replay music and not like it anymore. And just because I, I don't know, yeah. huh? Yeah. I'll go back and listen to things, and um, yeah, I'll do the same thing and be like, this just doesn't sound good to me anymore. Yeah, like uh, okay, I listen to. Uh, I listen to Rage Against the Machine on occasion, but it's just too much racket. Yeah. <laughs> I sound like an old man, but it's true. It's, it wears I your mean, ears out. Yes, it does, it. And, it's, and, it, and I don't have the angst anymore. Yeah, and it's just, it's like you put, if you really want to listen to something, and it's just that gnashing fucking mm-hmm. constant aggression, like, 
it just make it just it starts to sound flat, right? After a while, it does, and it starts to hurt. Tool, I, I I'll listen to Tool, but man, like we played some of them last week. It's or the week before, it's fucking just depressing as all hell, you know. So you ever hear um, the Ghost of Tom Jode? By Rage Against Machine It's a Bruce Springsteen song Yes I have And it was an acoustic song uh, Bruce and Tom Morello Got together and made a new version of it Awesome And Tom Morello sings on it Can he sing? He sounds like a Bruce type He's a he's a folk singer That's Bruce right there of okay. course You can tell Gone someplace is no going back This is the best version of this song like ever Yeah it's better than the Rage version It's better than his original version That's that's really cool Tom Morello is one of those guys I, I can't imagine anybody As much as I, I As much as I liked his style And I liked his incendiary nature I can I don't think I could stand Being around Zach Del Rocha For more than 20 minutes Because he's so fucking angry About everything And he's such a Yeah like Tom Morello has joy in his life He exactly, finds exactly. Like he got to do this With Bruce Springsteen. He was in fucking Iron Man. Yeah, he was in uh, Swingers. He no Made. He was in Made. Made. Made's a good movie. I don't care what people say. I, I enjoyed that movie. Who, who doesn't like Made? Some people don't like it because they think they tried to redo, like, recreate what they had with um, Swingers. Well, that's that. There's a valid point for that, but it's you know, yeah. But I <laughs> but, it, but I, I've loved those two guys together. Yeah, I mean, and plus fucking. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I know who you're talking about, but I don't know who you're talking about. Um, not Favreau. Vince Vaughn Vince looks Vaughn. like he aged 20 years in between those movies. He does. I mean, he it's put on a little bit of weight. <laughs> a little shit. Drinking. Put a point on 40 or 50 pounds. Again, he's got these big dark circles under his eyes and shit. And he's good at it though. That's a good movie. This is Tom Morello singing. That's Tom Morello. That's yeah. good. It's not too bad. No. Plus, it, it, he does a big Tom Morello solo at the end where he does all the Tom Morello <laughs> stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I got If you can get it. Okay, you guys as musicians, do you believe. I, I've gotten into arguments about it. Do you think that Tom Morello is a good guitarist or a bad guitarist or indifferent? You know, what, what do you think? I think he's fucking good. And okay. he's also a complete innovator. See, that was always my point, but I'm not coming from a musician standpoint. I'm coming from what I like to hear and stuff I've read and all that stuff about him. My buddy Timmy Jackson, who I... Who's a, Timmy Jackson, Jackson can fucking suck a fart out of my dick, okay? <laughs> I'm going to tell him that he's actually been mentioned on the show this week <laughs> so he can listen. Ah, motherfuckers. <laughs> no, but he's a, he's a great friend. Known him all my life. Uh, got me into comic books, all that stuff. And we had... Show me on me where he touched you. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> Um, but he He was never He doesn't like Tom Morello Never liked him So Is it because he's a commie? No he, He's a more of a purist He doesn't believe in Taking out your Your power cord And jamming it on your pickups And all that stuff He said it's all just You know that's Noise and, he, thinks and that's that, he thinks that that's That That the types of noise it's, it's, it's the types of The way that Tom Morello Uses the guitar And the types of Like techniques That he uses To make sounds Is not What Timmy is Maybe what he's, he's What he's worked hard To be good at Or, or whatever Right like, And Timmy's more of a Blues guy anyway He's always been more Yeah of that guy, he sees so. the dexterity Of the left hand and the, and the good technique Of traditional He's more of a traditionalist right. Effectively and and what Tom Morello does is not that. No, he definitely is not. <laughs> Tom Even like, I know that. I don't there, know shit. Yeah. Is there a way that I can make this guitar 
sound like a record scratching. So in, indeed, there in between classes at Harvard, for fuck's sake, <laughs> this guy like came back and every engineer. night he came back and he would experiment on the guitar and write down what it would do and practice. I missed working out today, but I, I, I had to. I just didn't have the energy and all it's that. Quite stuff. a non sequitur. But but what I'm saying is okay. is that once you're once you get committed to something, you you're, you commit. And he committed. Like, I mean, I, I, I can't even imagine how hard classes at fucking Harvard would be. Not easy. Yes. Probably a little bit tougher than uh, tech. Yeah. The tech. Just a bit. But uh, and he he came back and I don't. I think he graduated. I'm not quite sure. But um, Rivers Cuomo did. Yeah, he actually quit doing music so he could graduate. Between Pinkerton, the such Green a, album, such a Rivers Cuomo thing. Is it? it really is because yeah, he's a fucking rock star. Bills are paid the rest of his fucking life. All they needed was the blue one, man. Yeah. Shit, some people all some people need is one hint, and they're paid for the rest of their life. If you had a good deal, Chumba Wumba never has to work a day in their fucking life. Well, they're huge in Europe. Oh, are they, they really are a big deal. Like dance music, man. Fucking oh, okay, that type yeah, of yeah. stuff. People love that. Like shit. like the Pet Shop Boys. Yeah, Pet Shop West Boys. End Girls was a great giant fucking hit. And, Great song, and they never went away in, in England. Like they're they're a staple. So they were actually on absolutely fabulous. They were before the uh, before they hit over here. They were already pretty big in Europe mm-hmm. and England and where, wherever because they like more of an electronic thing back then. Like their punk was new wave, right? I love that. That's that's awesome. I love it. It's like the most. Are you talking about West End Girl? Yes. Shall we play it? Yes. Go it's ahead. Give it, give it a shot. And that, uh, uh, again, another favorite thing this week is uh, we haven't even done favorite things. I know. I'm just. I'm we'll just get saying, to it. Uh, previewing. I'm uh, doing a pre. Oh, we're doing previews for upcoming segments now. Yeah. Coming up next. <laughs> P- <laughs> Chuck talks about his favorite things. Cuts to Chuck. <laughs> Three seconds. Well, there's, I read this one thing, and uh, and John has a little bit of umbrage for you. Uh, one of the ideas I had, though, uh, another non sequitur. I was telling Dutch that we can get all the old Dungeons and Dragons rules, like in PDF format, and only pay like three dollars, and we can print them out and make characters, and we can have another show where we play Dungeons and Dragons, all the original old old original modules. I know somebody we could get for a fourth mic. Okay. Uh, it would definitely. It would definitely master. have to be. It would definitely know, have to be. I don't know that he even listens, but if he does, he could be our dungeon master because I know he knows what he, he's doing. He's listened some. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't listen to every show or anything. Well, it is a lot of content. Well, we should, we should invite one of our big fans on. Uh, John I Shatter. I do not like to call people fans. Well, one of our <laughs> devoted <laughs> wow. listeners. Thank Cr- you. That's good. <laughs> Chris McKinney would come on. He's got a fight coming up. He would promote the shit out of it. He'd, oh, yeah, he'd be willing to come and play Dungeons and Dragons? Well, well he can no, just come, he'd come on, the on the show. show. Okay. Stephanie. Stephanie uh, Kessel, an old friend of mine, could, could come on. Yeah, we could get some. We, we need some feminine energy. In She's here. funny. She's real funny. Well. Which she girls is. aren't funny. No, she really is. She's she's got quite good timing. Women aren't funny. No, but they, you know, <laughs> women are funny. They're though. making the babies and they're doing the dishes. Keep them comfortable. Keep them comfortable. Sometimes the baby is the fall. <laughs> is this the Alex Jones the making baby fun will of be born, The baby will be born, and it's, then it's, it's, a decision will be made. It's pre- it's pretty much a. Uh, the Virginia governor pretty much said those things, and he just he's just about uh, third term abortions, about how they're actually like birthing the babies, taking them into a special ward, and then telling the parent, "Oh, you know, 
a decision will be made. The doctors and the mother will have a decision. That's and not real. And they're it? actually taking the babies yeah. and selling their organs. They're taking living babies because you can get more money for a living baby than you can for one that's been euthanized. Wait a second. Wait a second. They're actually doing that? Alex Jones has a theory that they're doing it. Oh, okay. And, and it's actually kind of believable. But the, it's totally believable. But the thing where he's talking to him like that, doing the... Whoo, whoo, he, that that su- guy did say those things. It's a southern loving voice, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're we, from Virginia. We don't want to get the government involved. We want the doctors and the mothers a, to be able to make a decision. That's a Savannah. I love... Yeah, it is a Savannah. And Alex Jones is like, you're totally freaking me out with this voice right now. It's a southern loving voice, Joe. Rogan had a weird look on his face. So, sometimes I'd like them just to keep the camera on Joe as he reacts, like they could split screen it a little bit as, sure as he reacts to fucking Alex, because it was something else. Yeah, but I was I was looking at the, this website, and they've got all, you can get all this stuff on PDF format. So they have the original red set, which is the iconic, it's got the guy with the sword and the dragon on it, you know, like the fucking... Uh, one I showed you that day on the yeah. shirt that's fucking Duns and Dragons Diners, <laughs> diners, diners and Dives um, and it's so much fun because it is completely uncomplicated you just make a character you roll for their fucking abilities all that shit you can buy a set of Dragonlance dice for I mean Dragon Duns and Dragons dice for next to nothing it's fun and we could have a good show And but it, you also get so involved in it because your character once you start to pack on some experience and get some treasure and be able to buy shit it really starts to bother you when they die. Well, so. they did a um, Dan Harbin, the creator of Rick and Morty and uh, Community, mm-hmm. one of the best uh, sitcoms, weird weird sitcoms ever. Um, he has a show called Harmon Quest, where they it's just him and his crew that's that they're always playing Dungeons and Dragons, and then a celebrity guest playing Dungeons and Dragons with them or whatever game they. That's create. a podcast. Well, it's it's a. It's you can watch it somewhere now, but it's also a podcast. But there is a podcast called Nerd Poker with Brian Posehn, and that's Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, it's legit. That's awesome. Them playing Dungeons and Dragons. That's why it's called Nerd Poker. Is a great name for. And you and you'd also tell what kind of a person a person is by which character they're going to choose. You know, I always chose a, a brawler type character. I never wanted shot caller, <laughs> baller. <laughs> I always chose a dwarf usually. Hmm. Because they're tough, they're resistant, they're uh, high constitutions. Yes, extreme and hard to hurt. You know, with that. So yeah, try breaking a dwarf's rib with a punch. <laughs> You're gonna break your hand. God, we're nerds. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, and then my brother would always Ben for some reason would always choose a cleric. I don't. I never got that one. Yeah, I could see What's Ben. Be, now I could see Ben being a cleric. Yeah, and you. What's he do now for a living? He's a. Air Force? No. He's, he, well, he was in the Navy. He uh, he works for Delta. He's like kind of a security guy for them. And is he like a boss type guy that uh, tells people what to do? A lot kind of paperwork, of. cleric. Boom. Yeah, but that's. I don't know what the cleric is. Cleric is a, is, a, like is a religious. He's kind of an astute guy. You know what I mean? He is. Like he, he fits the role more meticulous, like I mean, I because a cleric is a hard character to play because they a get magic bit, a little bit more like fitting in the box and mm-hmm. being disciplined and right. They get magic and they can they can't have edge weapons, you know. So you have to get, outfit them with a mace or a warhammer. Or they something can like bludgeon, that. but they can't cut or stab. Right. Then they can turn undead. That's one of the coolest things because in the early Dungeons Dragons, there's a lot of undead. You know, you have like zombies and ghouls and all that shit. Ghouls. Mm-hmm. Like on um, so, so, Academic so, so, Game of Thrones 
Always sunny. Yeah. <laughs> ghouls, yeah. Charlie. Yeah. Ghouls. Ghouls. You know, just like ghouls, you know. <laughs> God. I made John watch, I uh, think, the entire first season of Always Sunny one week or one Sunday. How much we cheese did you eat? <laughs> Any amount of cheese is bad before a day. He's sweating real bad. Um, Bradley didn't really play. He seems like he would think he, he knew how to play. All. Sure. He, he, he read all the information how to do yeah, it and knew everything about the game. Exactly. He exactly did that. And then decided it was gay. <laughs> <laughs> this it's, is gay. It's just kind of dumb. <laughs> um, well, he's an INTJ. Probably. Oh, uh, Myers-Briggs thing. Yeah. Did you take the test? I didn't. I knew it. I did. I, he did. INFJ. I'll do it tonight at work. Well, I don't the, mean to derail what we were talking about, though. I'm an no, INFJ, but I, whatever that means. Okay. Well, I, I don't. Well, what would you choose? I mean, if you. What do I think you are? No, no, no. On the uh, Dungeons and Dragons thing, what kind of oh, character would you. I say switch it up. But I, I, I think I'm probably a mage. Maybe a fighter mage. Okay, I was getting ready to say, but you can't have fighter mages in the basic set. Okay, in the basic set, you're right. Yeah. And later, mean, you can do that later on. Later, you're allowed yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, either that or maybe. I could also see myself being like a druid or like a woodsy healer type person. See, that's another thing too. In the in the original basic set, you had uh, elf, dwarf, which were their own class. You know, they weren't a race then; they were just a class. They were a race, but they were a class too. Fighter, cleric, magic user, thief, thief. I could, yeah, I'd probably be a magic user, thief. Mm-hmm. I'm flexible. I would think you'd be an elf though, because God, we're never getting laid if anybody ever hears. I see. The thing game. is, the thing is, <laughs> is that elves. Are, it's everybody wants to be an elf so bad. Is that the outsider in me wants to stray away from? Do it. they really? Because people love elves so much. Well, they're weaker. They're they're physically weaker. Their their constitution is. Oh, and they have high charisma because they, they're attractive. But they do have like. They've got dexterity. They've got some magic. Exactly. Right? Yes, they can so use a little bit of magic. Th- so. You get that fighter mage element in there, right? Which which is very attractive. Right. The, right. They can use an edge weapon along with magic. So oh yeah, and they're great. At, they're great combat. at archery. You got the archery thing. You got like they've got special senses and shit. Right. One of the coolest things though, cool is, is, is after the basic set. See, I, I like the idea of being of, of, of a more humble character. It's right. like, I'm not a superhuman. It's like, I'm just a dude who's trying to learn magic and trying to figure shit out. And that's why I kind of like the dwarf character. I would be strong and sturdy, but not ostentatious. Like, I don't you know, like the so idea. Like, I don't like the idea of a perfect character, like being a paladin who's just fucking like King Arthur and he does everything right. right and he's a fucking. That's boring to play. And he's a he's a beast in the sack or whatever. He's great <laughs> at everything. That's so boring. Yeah. It's like I want to I want to have some flaws. Dutch would probably. I have no idea what any of them are. Dutch would be a... F- he's got to be like a fighter, right? I was right? getting ready to say, yeah, he's, fighter. He's got to be... You know, also pretty persuasive. Is there like a, a shyster? You could, be a high, you could be a fighter with really high intelligence and charisma. Yeah. All you have to do is... And, and we we have to stick to this because a lot of people would make their characters thusly. They would roll... I don't like that roll. No. You get one roll and that's that's character you and fucking you gotta, get. you got to be creative exactly. with it. Yeah. So... Um, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. But I was saying in the advanced versions when you can choose not only class but race, and then there's all these fucking races to choose from: elves, different different kinds of elves, gnomes, different kind of dwarves, gnomes, minotaurs, ogres. You know, all this shit you can choose. And yeah, it's fucking fun. Like because you get so in depth with it. But then again, it can be stressful because your characters are going to die. And do you, do you, when your character dies, do you roll a new one? You rip up the fucking paper. So I, never, I don't get to play again? You're dead. Not, not for the rest of the module, you don't. For the rest of the module, like the adventure. Well, it kind of depends on what the, what so the dungeon master says. To that's you. true, Because he is God. So it takes 
how long would one take? Because they go on for forever. Sometimes. A regular module would... I mean, a character or a module? Module. Modules take few hours. Okay, so we could get it done they're about, on podcast. They're about this thick. It'd take about two hours. Okay. And uh, whenever something happens, do we act it out? No. It just, no. You're just imagining well, I think we head. might have to... To make, it, to make it entertaining. I mean, people do oh. that shit. That live action. Oh, I've got this. That's, really, that's lar- what LARPing. Harman, that's what Harmon quit. I have this. They really? act it out. Like, not like get up and act it out, but right, like right. they'll talk about it. Like, oh, they, like he'll be trying to persuade somebody and he'll go up and then he'll oh, okay. shoot some game. That's not, that's I not wanted bad. to share this movie with both of you guys. I think I still have it on DVD. It's Please called do. It's called Dark On. And it's it's just a documentary about a regular dude who's really into live action role play. It's like his whole life. And he's oh, got, I would love this. He's got he's it like they're good. like really poor and they've got kids and everything, but they still sacrifice everything and they like build the swords and they have these really um, like huge meets, right? Hundreds of people, like the one on role models. And they go to the park and they've they've got like they've got like Merkwood is this area of the park and they've got it mapped out. It's fun. And they actually Fuck, role models made the, made LARPing look like a lot of fun. Well, sure. How, how wouldn't it be fun? I mean, the only thing that would make it better is if you could actually. And here's here's no, that's uh, Darkon has an eighty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's awesome. Uh, the only way you could make it better, something like that, is if you could actually be armored and use blunt weapons and actually use martial arts, like yes, actually be absolutely. good with a sword or bad with a sword. Absolutely, that yeah. would be fun. Instead of just hitting each other with foam things, and right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, magic. No, you're gonna have to actually take me out. Yeah. You know, so. I'm wondering if I can find this somewhere. I know it's you can rent it. Is it on Amazon? Um, well, I think like a magic user could you probably like use smoke grenades and like, well, sometimes they'll just get like like a water gun with hot pep with with hot pepper in it, or a, they would just take a paintball and say you know and hit you with you know I don't know or like you know firecrackers as a distraction right, or right. like have certain technology that other people don't have. You just call it magic. That's cool. That's a good idea. Like lights and, and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, and Lantern or you could use a fire. Anything. Just be creative, you know. But I'd be one of those people would be an asshole and pull out a lightsaber. Oh, look at this. Or you could be like, or you could be like, I've got an AR-15 and that's like <laughs> super fireball spell right. or, or whatever. <laughs> oh, shit. You're all dead. It's for real. It sounds super fun. I want to do it. I want to. I want to do um, not LARPing, but I want to do the D and D. Well, what I'll I, do the LARPing tonight. Too. I've, I've got adventures. I've got quite a bit of extra money this week, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and order the basic set, the player's handbook, and the and the dungeon master's handbook, and it's only it'll cost me like eight bucks. Um, and then we Rain we need a printer. Whiskers on Boy, to print it out. Copper kettles and warm I just need to buy a printer. It's something to link up to this. I mean, I have a printer, but it hasn't worked in ten years. And it's probably not Bluetooth, is it? No. Yeah. My, but my folks have a Bluetooth one. I just have to go down. Does it have like them. 10 million metal teeth it's a, as, it's, the, as the connector? That uh, you could yeah, it's, it's an old school thing. <laughs> <laughs> my mom has printer. <laughs> I, just, I didn't say a printer. My, has printer. my mom has printer. <laughs> All right, Tonto. <laughs> Tontoing him. Hey, you know, I think I could really kill a cover of this song. I think it'd be great. I like the Laurie Morgan's version of it. With like Fender Rhodes and fucking uh, fucking accordion and a tuba and maybe have a uh, like an acoustic kind of palm getting the chords or electric electric doing some ebo and shit. Mm. Speaking of Lori Morgan, is it true the story about uh, Keith Whitley that he he sang that "Tell Lori I Love Her" and they died? Like I'm right not after. sure about that. I heard it. I heard it was wow. Keith Whitley was awesome. Yeah, he was. He was good. Have you ever listened to that song? No. Tell Lori I Love Her. 
Maybe, maybe not. Oh my god! Keith Whitley was big in the house though. When I was kidding. I always like him. Oh, he's great. Yeah. Uh, favorite things: Keith Whitley. <laughs> That's yeah. I mean, one of, one of my favorite country. Guys. Don't close your eyes. Let it be me. Don't pretend it's him in some fantasy. Darling, just once. Let yesterday go. Okay. Okay. Favorite things: Chuck Tater Sack. Okay, I'm listening to. Um, I started this week uh, listening to uh, Celtic Holocaust at work. I got uh, wireless earbuds. Yeah, right on. And um, I'll listen to it like when I'm stoking and stuff. I actually do a much better job when I'm doing it because I'm more focused. Celtic Holocaust is Dan Carlin's hardcore hardcore history. history. And... I mean, I, I'm I'm familiar because I majored in not majored in college. Well, yeah, I majored in college in history, and then I had a <clears throat> the period of history that I was, you know, studying at that point was Greco-Roman history. So lots of lots of gay sex, not as much as you would think. Lots of homoerotic porn with togas. <laughs> lots of in a bathhouse. Lots yes. of waist up wrestling because that's the only way they were allowed to do it. Yeah. Um, judo, they. I like to do that shit, but the uh, a lot of hand fighting. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> um, but you were talking about, you know, one of the big mysteries is who the Celts are because there were so many different groups that, you know, they they theorize where the Celts are from and they don't really know. So like before they came on to the isle, islands, well, when they came onto the islands, they were definitely Celts. Like they, they had at that point forged their identity. And they don't, don't know where people, they don't people. Some people think that they are Norse ancestry. There's like Scandinavian. Some they have Vikings. Viking well, but blood. yeah, there was also Germanic tribes that contributed to the rise of the Celts. And mm-hmm. you know, you had people who had a shared culture, but they were different tribes. You know, or, back then the you know the definition of a race was very loose. You know, it's and it still kind of is. I would consider. Uh, like one of our listeners' mothers, <laughs> hey Kevin, <laughs> yeah Kevin, your mom's a whore. Um, no, I would consider like the Irish race. I would consider the Scottish race. I would consider, you know, uh, they have enough shared culture amongst a small group of Appalachians are definitely See, I, a race. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider Scottish a race. I would, I would consider them Anglo-Saxon, English, Scotch, Welsh. Uh, the Scots are Celts. They're not. They're not Angles or Saxons. Well, whatever. That's the. One I, <laughs> they're, no, they're, they're genetically different from Irish people. Some they have big bulbous noses. Their culture is even. You know, one of the reasons the Irish and the Scots get along so well, normally, is that they, mean, sh- they share so much culture. They've been on that island with all the other white people, living in kind of a similar way for th- tens of thousands of years. Well. Yes. So, I, but this is this is the whole point you're making is that like where do you draw the line? Right. And it was you know, and that was one of the issues of the show is like who do you consider a Celt? And Barry Cunliffe said it best. He says a Celt is any person who cons- considers himself a Celt. So, um, hey. can you be trans Celt? Like, can, can I be a Celt? You can be. Well, you already you already are a Celt. I've got a so li- is so is Dutch. I've got a so little a little bit of I'm like maybe an eighth Irish or really something. yeah Shit. tiny bit we're like what a, I'm mostly Celt uh, yeah there's some Scottish and some Irish in there I'm sure McQuillan 
Van Meter. That's a German. Yes, yeah, um, German name. Underwood. Or that might be even du- Dutch. It could be Dutch. Which that's is a Dutch kind of the, Or kind Belgian. Of, kind of the same-ish thing, German and Dutch. Underwood, that's British, I think. I don't know, though. It seems like it would be. It's hard to know. Underwood sounds like English. It does sound like an English name. Um, but it could be... They changed it. Well, yeah. and it also could be Northern Irish, because Northern Irish are Scots who moved into yeah. Ireland. Mick, Mick Underwood. And shared a lot of British... Because they're under the crown So You know But anyway um, It goes into this Fascinating thing about Julius Caesar doing To the Celts Exactly what the The colonists And even the United States Government did To the Native Americans Divide and conquer Pit them against each other Well and that's kind of One of the point I make With you a lot Is like this shit's been happening, you know. Well, sure, I mean, and, and I knew that, and it's but, continuously you know, happening right. as we speak. But I'm saying that the, you know, my point with that is, you know, not to go off on a tangent, is the fact that the United States government has never, you know, unlike other world, you know, hasn't really acknowledged or what they did, or, and still make and still make light of it. So um, instead of instead of apologizing and saying let's all move forward now, they won't. So because that would that 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 takes him out of that bullshit when, American exceptionalism. When did you when did you start hating America? <laughs> I love my country. I just would you say that you're a patriot? No, because that's the most pretentiously cunt thing you can say. I'm a patriot. I mean, what do you define that as? I mean, would so you, you would, if we invited you, you wouldn't want to play patriot. Would games you with like us? me to book <laughs> you a flight to Somalia? Yeah. Since you I, I, hate, I love. Since I you love hate that, freedom, I love when the when the Trump fucking idiots pull that shit. Well, you can go to another country. It's like, no, I love mine. That's why I want you out. You know, because you're fucking up my country. But anyway, um, and you know all the fascinating differences between, you know, for one thing, the size of the Celts. They were like six feet tall. Uh, the average Roman soldier was like five three. I mean, they just dim- so just a little dim- bit taller than you. Diminutive people, little little Italian mafia motherfuckers. Basically, yes, but you know what? You here, motherfucker. Yeah, I, I imagine a whole <laughs> army of Joe Pesci. That'd be yeah. fucking terrifying. With bit, with giant shields and short short swords and, and, long and heavy javelins they threw before fucking contact and horses and, and, and chariots well, and shit. They actually the, the Romans hardly had cavalry. They didn't really have it. Yeah, I guess you're right. Because they the legions depended upon lockstep, you know, all that stuff. So that's actually one of the and horses are expensive, right? There's only that, but you know, and that was one of the points is that the Celts, the Celts that they dealt with, a lot of them were in the Roman army as cavalry. You know, they they would hire them basically. So then you have this thing where uh, some of the tribes were with the Romans and they weren't, and then all of a sudden there was this this push. To, to where they all start talking, be like, you know, if they stop, keep gobbling us up. We're not going to have a culture anymore. So then they started uniting, and then Julius Caesar just really, yeah, I mean, he he, he fucked him good. He McFucked him. Uh, it was terrible. Like he he would sell, you know, entire cities into slavery. He would, you know, kill all men of fighting age and then sell the women and children. You know, it's just as a matter of fact, Julius Caesar. One of the reasons he did what he did is he was so in debt that he couldn't leave Rome. Did, so, he, insti- did he institute the policy of prima noctra? I don't think so. That's the bright braveheart thing. Yeah, I don't. Really, I don't. I don't even think that's true. What was what was that supposed to be? Where, where at the not if you're if you're a Celt and you marry another Celtish woman, a British officer has the right to fuck her on the night of your wedding before you do. Yeah. Well, that's just rude. So I've that, actually seen that though. So that you on, can on other of the t- uh, period pieces from back then. 
so that you can so that they can impregnate her and get the the good genes in and breed breed them out. Right is the idea. Well, I mean that makes sense. Well, it does from a very I mean it's just tyrannical standpoint. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's just good old fashioned eugenics. Yeah. Um. Caesar. Caesar was a, a, a fascinating person. He's he's fascinating because a he's so fucking brilliant. He was a brilliant man. B, he has a lot of Donald Trump's foibles. He's he had a massive ego, but and then he had terrible like he had a hairline. His hairline was receding. He was for, they were forbidden to make statues of him with without full head hair. You know, and it really and you know all the statues and they said he was he was in, in, in pretty good shape. But then he, they had to make him chiseled. You know, what I mean all that stuff. He has all that shit. And that's like. Um, uh in the 80s when Hulk Hogan was the big deal yeah they would try to edit, edit the matches to air on TV to where you didn't see the top of his head <laughs> and then Vince McMahon found out how much it cost for them to all the time it took mm-hmm. and all that and he goes $60,000 fuck it he's bald <laughs> yeah, that's such a fucking man <laughs> thing but I was saying okay here's a one of the things about Rome is Rome was a republic and a and a steadfast republic. They did not believe in kings. They didn't believe in any of that shit. Caesar changed all that. He became imperator. Imperator is not an emperor. It is you rule the, uh, in a military fashion long enough to deal with Rome's enemies. Um, so it's like it's like a, uh, you declare a national emergency. Bingo. If, if like we were invaded, and then he, the president has like dictatorial power right. for a short time, just for. Uh, defense purpose, right? It's like that's Imperator, and the, the one of the most famous and favorite stories the Romans told is the story of Cincinnatus. He was a farmer in in a, in a legend. He was at his plow, and the Roman government was getting ready to enter into the, in their dim history, you know, far back. Was getting getting ready to engage in this giant war, and they all the men were too ambitious, so they. Couldn't trust any of them, so they went out to Cincinnatus's field, who was known to be a you know, conscientious, good Roman, you know, all the all the good qualities, and gave him the power of the empire at his hand. He said, "You are now emperor, imperator. You can tell you you are in con- complete control of the of the city state. You can do whatever you want." He did put down their enemy. You know what he did at the end? Went right back to his fucking plow. He didn't, <laughs> yeah, and that was like one of the one of the, uh, a story that the Romans loved to tell because they felt that that's what a man should do. You do your duty and you do not, you know, grab power as you're doing it. Caesar is the opposite of that. He fucking once he did that, he basically he he tried to declare declare himself emperor. The Senate pissed, uh, flipped out, stabbed his ass, killed him. Augustus comes along, who was Octavian first, and then he becomes Roman emperor, the first Roman emperor. It's great emperor. Then he had Tiberius and down the line, and. You know, that is the, the the way of nations. We are teetering on that right now. Donald Trump, if he institutes just a few more policies, you know, to try to keep eroding away the power, he could be president for life. He could do that. And he would try to do that. But what I look forward to him trying to do it. Well, yeah, because he's not going to be the one, the one who's going to be able to do it. You know it's going to be Bernie. <laughs> How long for life was that going to be? Two years? Yeah. Uh, anyway. I'm here trying to make Fetch happen. I know Fetch has never I still happened. love Bernie. But I, I think he's fine. He's so entertaining. But anyway, you know, it's, it's a great podcast. It's Celtic Holocaust, and there's more Dan Carlin. It's just How long thoroughly researched. Six hours. Is it like in two or three different parts? No, it's just one part. Jeez. What kind of a fucking file is that to download? 
Shoo. I just stream it. Yeah. I love it. I do. I, I enjoy the shit out of him when I can listen to him. He said he's such a brilliant dude who knows. He. I was going to say something, and I, and I. Right after that statement, this is not what I believe about myself. I was going to say we're very similar. I don't think I'm brilliant, but I do think I'm thorough. When I've learned something, I try to learn as much as I can about it. And that's and he is a candle next to the sun, you know, compared to him. He's. I imagine him for that World War One podcast. There was a such a breadth of fucking knowledge that went into that thing. It is staggering. So yeah, that's why he only puts out two or three subjects a year, right? Supernova in the East looks really good. I can't wait to check it out. Um, he, uh, he spends a few months figuring his shit out, right? And he'll do supplemental podcasts on his other podcast in between, just talking about random shit. Well, it's like I want to do. I'm really down for this fantasy podcast. I have. An, I want to start with the Dragon Bone Chair and do Memory Star and Thorn and all that stuff. And, what uh, I can do, I mean, you can always just come up here and record it, but but I don't want to impose. You know, you can either talk into your phone. I've, I've recorded a lot of songs that way. They sound. It's there. Like if. A record label signed me I wouldn't put those out mm-hmm. Or whatever But it's fine for SoundCloud Just it's, talking to your phone Give me 10 seconds of uh, noise So I can um, cut it out And I'll add music or whatever I was going to say It'd be one of the rough things Is picking out the production How What song would I come into and stuff and, But I can do it Okay I'm a wizard on this thing I really need another hobby really Besides easy. lifting weights so. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway that's, that's pretty much That does it for me So Favorite things Yawn I've got a lot of material this week, actually, but um, not specifically favorite things. Um, I did a I did a word this week. Uh, oh yeah, I, I did a brief word study. The word adult or uh, using adulting as a verb. <laughs> you know how people do that shit. They're like, yeah, I'm adulting. Look at me. I did. You know, I got all my laundry. I actually ironed my clothes today. I'm adulting. I'm. You know, I'm. Or I got to go to work at seven. It's like I'm being. Adulting sucks. I'm being disciplined. And so I was just kind of. I kind of dug into that word a little bit and got some uh, some pretty nice response from some of my Facebook friends about what you know. Ask basically just ask people what what does adulting mean to you when you use the word. Uh, so I got some good ones. Um, one person said, uh, when will I be able to do something I actually want to do? All day long, I think. When will I be able to do something I actually want to do? Then I remember, I'm an adult. I, you know, cleaning other people's messes, other people's laundry, cooking for other people, driving people around, helping friends and family in need, organizing things, making appointments. In that sense, adulting is fundamental to the success of the tribe. Without adulting, the tribe falls apart and everybody loses. So there's this element of self-sacrifice for the greater good, for the better of the collective. But it does, it's not always that. Sometimes, like if you don't have kids like me, sometimes adulting just means taking care of yourself and not needing anything from anyone else. But uh, so uh, here's another Let's see. Here's a really good one. Being an adult implies responsibility for oneself, and if procreation is involved, responsibility for others as well like the mama bear who brings death to anything that threatens her cubs. The extent to which people, adults, accept responsibility for for themselves and for others varies. However, none of this is to say that being an adult requires forgetting how to enjoy life or forgetting how to think in an open-minded way. Matthew 18.3 has an interesting angle on this. One of the challenges of being an adult is we realize not all the adults we looked up to when we were younger were who we thought they were. 
This realization helps us become aware, cautious adults. For sometimes as adults, we also have to exercise our responsibility to protect ourselves and others by punching terrible adults in the face. That was a pretty good one. That was a good one. That was Mac Fowley, wasn't it? Another person said, adulthood begins at 30. He's really smart. And Kevin says, Adult- adulthood begins at, begins at age 30. Which I can, I, it's kind of funny. It's kind of true. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's debatable. My, I didn't become an adult until until I got sober this last time. So, so, so what do you guys think? What does adulting mean to you? Um... What kinds of tasks are you doing when you're, if you were to use the word I'm adulting, what kind of tasks would you be doing? Work. Um, your job, your day job? Yes. That's uh, a form of adulting. That is part of, that is, it's such hey, a wide breadth. It's, it's kind of adulting. a huge, it's kind of a huge part of it, really. Yeah, you do that so you can do this. Yeah. Absolutely. So you're not dependent on other people. Yeah. Um, to me, it's uh, doing the things you need to do, doing as you say you're going to do, um, Taking care of yourself, and like he said, if if you have others taking care of them as much as possible until they can take care of themselves, Baxter. Um, Pick up your toys, young man. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> he doesn't have any toys. He doesn't like them anymore. <laughs> I've had, I have toys. It's terrible. He's just old. It's like, man, fuck this shit. So much yeah, it's a ball. What the uh, fuck? Yeah, hey, the look, look at this. A couch. <laughs> <laughs> this is my toy. I'll be over here. I've seen the movie. I know what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you throw the ball, I'll bring it back. It's a thing. I liked it when I was younger a lot. <laughs> oh, I love trans- translating Baxter. <laughs> um, I, I think it's... Uh, it's being uh, being a man of your word or a woman of your word, um, doing the things you need to do, but not overdoing the things you need to do. I mean, I, I took a pay, t- pay cut to take a new job um, because I was miserable. Self-care. I was 100% miserable. So self-care is a big yeah. part of it. Yeah. You have to take care of yourself or you won't be able to take care of anything Take care else. of your fucking self, and if there are other people you're responsible for, you take care of them too, whether you want to or not. Mm-hmm. Right? Something Go like that. Go see your mother when you can, for fuck's sake. She's worried about you. Yeah, <laughs> Chuck, did you want to add anything? Or? Um, I think it's also uh, making hard choices, like and and seeing, you know, one of the best lines, you know, and it's said, of course, with with irony. Um, Tyrion Lannister said, uh, "Keep your bitter truths and tell me sweet lies." You know, sometimes you just uh, uh, being an adult is that you have to accept bitter truths. And, um, I mean, that's, that's when you're a kid, as long as you're a a, a decently good kid and, you know, you can do essentially what you want, you know, and you can fool yourself and do pretty much anything. But when you're an adult, you you just have to (laughs) fucking time. You always have one in the holster. (laughs) I also think it's, um, It, but it's so it's so it's so hard to to quantify. I mean, uh, like you said, you know, when you turn thirty, no, that's that, it's it's like this. That is why Western culture, American culture, especially, is so confused sometimes because we don't have that breaking off point. Like almost every other, especially primitive cultures, have a have a rite of passage. From this point on, you are a man. You have to act like a man. You have to do what a man does. You know, or a woman, whatever. Yeah, and we don't have that. More is expected of you. Exactly, we don't have that. 
and it makes people. That's well, why we don't have a traditional structural. Um, like ritual right. form of it Yeah That's why I think We've discussed it before Rituals are extremely important I think Yeah Because they help people Realize Give them a strong base Okay this is what I'm supposed to be doing You know I've considered even doing My own ritual one day Like I, from this point on I'm a man And I have to act As a man does you I, know? Did, I did that shit I didn't When I was yeah. I was reading Panther in the Sky And I was in great, high school Great book I was in high school And there's this part about how how the Shawnee do it, mm. and what they do is you have to um, when you're 12 or whatever. That when they when they decide it's time, this is your winter to to prove your manhood. You go out every single day, every morning at daybreak, and swim. Yep. And in a lake through through the, through the winter from mm-hmm. October through April. Every day you have to do it, and if it's icy, you have to break the ice and, and get in and submerge yourself. I remember that every part single of the book. day. Yeah, I did that. Did you? 16 to 17, I think. Summer 16 to 17 or 15 to 16. I can't remember what it was. Well, only it wasn't every day. It was once a week. I was diligent about it. I did it every single week. And I did break ice and jump in several times because it was, the river was frozen over that year. And see, that's an interesting thing. Uh, I read a book by Con Eagleton about Julius Caesar. And he had this tutor who, was a, who taught him everything, who taught him how to fight and all this stuff. And he forbade warm water showers. He said, men don't take warm water showers. That makes you soft. He's, and he did all these things to make you hard, a hard person. And I'm trying to catch up now. I'm 41. I'm running out of time. You know, I'm, I'm going to be old soon. So I, I, I've really started trying to do these, you know, these proto rites of passage all the time. You know, this is what I have to do. This is what I'm doing. You know, and why don't you just accept that you're already a man? Because you are. I mean, because I, I I react to things in a very childlike manner sometimes, most times, and it, mm. and it makes life extremely difficult. Yeah, so, but you come to your senses most of the time. Yeah, a lot of people do that though. I'm talking. Most people are very childlike in their emotions. You know, are they? Yeah. It's a whole okay. Uh, people overreact to everything, well, especially me. Have you ever have you met me? Uh, <laughs> but um, no, it's like things with. It's like uh, you're exercising your self discipline a little bit. Sure, yeah. And I'm and one thing I'm I'm really gonna I'm going to do is uh, Thursday and Friday. You go up on Thursday and Friday to 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 the Y. To the Y, I don't. Go, I haven't gone. I haven't been to the Y in a couple, like a month and a half. I meant to, to the to your to the dojo. Yeah, no, I've just been going to the one in Beckley, the MMA, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I've been doing karate. But are you going to go up there on Thursday and Friday? Oh, um, sometimes I do. It just depends. There's there's stuff to do on those days because I really need to. I've been. I do have valid reasons for not going. Like, I need to do stuff around the stuff, house and stuff. But I, I said I was going to do it. That's another thing. I had really started practicing. I'm going to do what I say, I'm, uh, what I say I'm going to do. I'm really good at it, except with these few things. You know, the, so. the best days to do it, I mean, you could go up any day, but if you just want to try it out and, and you don't have to worry about the gi or anything, Mondays, and I usually go Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays generally are no gi days. Okay. Mondays and Wednesdays are good for getting a taste of like the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, what it's actually like. The Fridays have been mostly MMA sparring. Okay. Uh, which is kind of a... I, don't, I almost don't want you to come on Friday because it might scare you. Because it's... I mean, we actually fight. Like, I, I will, I'll get into it. I've got... That's He's got a fight story that he actually, told okay. me it's, yet. It's part of the... I can make it part of my favorite things, but you were saying... 
No, I was just saying that uh, I've said I was going to learn a martial art. I really want to learn. And this place is the place is a shit. It's called they've they've renamed it now. It's Arte Suave Academy. Um, you can look it up. Uh, I don't know if you can look it up by that name because it's not really. They haven't done a good job with being online. What do they? How about boxing? Do they teach yeah. boxing? That's what I want to learn. I want to learn how to box. Mon- Mondays are my favorite days because it's five thirty to six thirty striking, and we pretty much just do boxing. Maybe a little bit of Muay Thai kicks, but mm-hmm. mostly boxing. And then uh, 6.30 to 7.30 is um, no-gi jiu-jitsu. And sometimes that goes on till question marks. Yeah. Arte Suave. But these guys, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you're talking like the highest-ranking Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt in this state teaches at this school, and it's a tiny little school. Right. The, the, like a champion, he keeps winning championships, Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt teaches. Another black belt teaches who's excellent. You got Chris McKinney, who's the most, one of the more famous MMA fighters from West Virginia. I mean, and it's, you'll go there, and sometimes you'll be like, there'll be like two people there. Mm. You're getting all this attention from these like absolute fucking monsters. Right. And it's cheaper than any. I would just hope they would be patient because there's oh, yeah. a learning curve. Oh, there's, I, okay. yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like uh, there's a guy there. I don't, I won't say his name. Reggie. They call him Reg. They call him Dougie Fresh. But he uh, he gets private lessons, and he he's been doing it for a couple months, I'd say. And he's still, I think he's only like actually rolled once. Like they just, if you don't want to do something, they're not going to make you do it. Right, you're, you're paying for it. Right. And what, how much? What's the price structure? It's um, it's eighty dollars a month for unlimited training, if you want to go. But um, you know, you could probably get in a free a free try it out sesh and then right. it's a t- if you just want to come every now and then it's usually like a $20 mat fee which some people just skip out on but I definitely recommend you paying it because uh, I like the gym to survive okay but um yeah I mean just let me know. I mean any day is good just about any day there's something going on there that you could check out you if you, you just want to come and sit on the bench and watch and see what we do well see that's that's the okay that's the first step I just need to get there you know what I mean? Yeah, just show, see what's going on. Show, feel the vibe. You just see right. these are just normal people that yeah, like to get together and learn how to fuck people up. There you go. Um, but anyway, so we were on the adulting thing, and you were so you were talking about that and how well, one step one step is to get a new hobby, learn a new thing. Mm-hmm. Is that where you were on? All kinds of new things. Yeah, like um, you, uh, there's no rite of passage. That's I think that's right. where we sort of left. Well, that's and that's what I mean is that you know that leaves a lot of us out, and it, it also a lot of people don't understand. That's what the reason a lot of uh, street gangs are so popular is because they have rites of passage. People need that stuff and camaraderie and yes. and um, tribal and they treat you like a man after you've done what they consider man. And you're accepted, right? As Absolutely. A, you know, you get a feeling of acceptance, and I think that. Uh, we do have a lot of benefits to uh, American Western culture, a lot of them. But I think that one of the biggest drawbacks is the fact that we are, as a group, confused on what, on what you know. And I'm not saying this man-female roles and all that bullshit. I, I don't believe that anybody should be forced to be something that they're not. I mean, that's the downside to it. You have to act like a man. Here's what a man does. Well, I don't – that's a hard – road to hoe you know what I mean like, I think it's okay to, to raise your son and be like teach him the gender role teach him how to be a man mm-hmm. and if he resists and says I don't want to do this you say okay 
mm-hmm. but you try to teach you try to give him the idea of what the traditional structure is so if he wants to fit in and do all the inside the box things he's got the tools to do it right when he turns 18 or whatever if he wants to be the opposite of that you'll still love him as your son but mm-hmm. you give him the option to you know what i mean yeah I, I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to teach a man to be a man and a lady to be a lady if you feel like that's going to help them have a better life instead sure. of being instead of being at odds with everything all mm-hmm. the time you know what i mean i don't it, think that's there, wrong there's some people raising their kids uh, non-gendered which i don't care I'm, but it, it kind of sets them up to like really know what the fuck's going on you know all right how you're supposed not even how you're supposed to act but how to react to things and that's a tricky one man it's because weird, yeah. yeah i mean yes i believe that that they should be taught tolerance and all that stuff you know that's another that's one thing don't teach your kids just here's a general rule of thumb don't let your kid be an asshole yeah period you know and you can't hey, stop look at it. that faggot don't call that person a faggot that person's homosexual don't call them you're that. being a faggot so yeah stop it. <laughs> or they drop a racial slur don't fucking say that because that's not what we're about don't do that you know other than that in public you say squibs <laughs> yeah <agree. laughs> it's just it's just teaching them respect yeah that's like, essentially you don't, you don't just go up to someone and say like there's these little two little kids at the gym one day and uh they would like just whoever walking is like who is that who is that what's his who is this yeah. And they'd be like, listen, you go up to him and you say, hello, my name is this. You stick your hand out, shake his hand. What's your name? That's how you do the, you know, just respect. Right. You don't ignore the person and scream, who's this? You acknowledge them. You introduce yourself. You know, just basic shit like that. A lot of kids don't get taught that shit. No, they don't. I, uh. I think I have, like, the best of both worlds as, as far as parents go because I was outside <laughs> doing, um. Doing man shit with my dad, digging ditches for no reason, left trying to level out the yard. I don't know why. Yeah, you went into that one time. Yeah. Just always had to level the yard. We, we leveled the yard every fucking year, Larry. <laughs> digging a new water line, doing all the gas line, doing all this stuff, and then I would help my mom cook and I would help my mom clean. I would do all that stuff. Mm. So I had sort of had the the best of both worlds. Having good parents. Is a gigantic advantage. Yes, Even though sure I've done is. nothing with the advantage, <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to have. It's good to have. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for your parents, you never would have created the world's greatest podcast. No, no, I, I, I wouldn't have. There's no fucking way. I was encouraged to do whatever the fuck I wanted. Yeah. And I was also told when it was bullshit. <laughs> 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 you know, I think you need that. I think you need to know when you're when whatever you're doing is stupid. I was encouraged. My mom. My mom encouraged me. She's she was an awesome mom. She still was an awesome mom. She's okay. <laughs> but she always she always tried to stand behind all her kids what they what they were doing and you know. Um, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, I think I became a man whenever I fought my dad. I was seventeen, knocked me out cold. Really? Yeah, that's why I got this scar on my nose. You shouldn't fuck with. Uh, you shouldn't fuck with that smoke. No, I didn't. I didn't want none of them hands, but I sure did receive them. <laughs> <laughs> Checks in the mail. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's. Let's just say there's people I know in my family who I, I honestly think, needed never got fucked up, never got beat up, never got. You know what I mean? 
who do yeah, need, need to get their ass kicked for running their mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes you need, you know, it teaches you humility, teaches you re- consequences. See, that's the thing, though. I've, the fights I've been into, I've never lost a fight. So I don't think that's necessarily a good thing, you know, because I don't. But you know what can happen, though. A lot of people don't know what can happen. Well, right? and it's not, not everybody needs to have their ass kicked. Well, some uh, people I do. I, well, okay. But I, I was saying, I think everybody, maybe everybody needs that. A little bit of, because then you get up from it. You mean like, well, it didn't kill me. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, like I said, I've been in a few and I've never lost. And, and I don't know that I learned anything from it. You well, know? Win, win or lose. Yeah. I mean, win or learn. Yeah. That's what they say at the gym. Yeah. Win or learn. Right. If you win, oh, great. But, you know, feel good. You did good. But you don't learn very much from winning. Right. You don't. You learn from losing. Well, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's one of his tenets. He said, uh, failure is the great teacher, you know. So. Okay, so so that was the adulting thing. So yes. we're done with adulting. Mm-hmm. Um, my other favorite thing is um, so Monday we were uh, had a, one of my teammates had a fight uh, last night. So we were preparing him and another teammate, getting them ready for their fights. And wasn't very many of us many of us there. There's just those two and me and one of the instructors, one of the black belts, and um, we're doing some like MMA sparring with like boxing gloves. Like really pushing each other, like each of us fighting, you know, Chris and rotating out. And if you're not fighting him, then you're working the bob, like working the bag. And um, so we we're going pretty hard. We weren't like trying to hurt each other, but we were, you know, we had we had working up a sweat. Sit fourteen ounce gloves on, so you can hit. You yeah, can, you can crack. Yeah, and um, and I, you know, did you know, was working out, you know, sparring and everything. Everything's going good. And uh, Keith and uh, Chris were sparring, and I was working the bob. You know, I could see him out of the corner of my eye, but I was mostly just focused on what I was doing. Is the bob the uh, kind of looks like a teardrop bag? Yeah, it's okay. like he's like a rubber guy. He's got the realistic head and shoulders, so you can feel what it feels like to actually target certain parts of the body instead of just this heavy bag, instead of a heavy bag. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, and uh, I heard Chris just start screaming, like encouraging shit, like "Come on, you know, move forward," you know. The other guy was breaking. Mm-hmm. Keith was breaking because he'd been hit or was tired or whatever. And Chris was like encouraging. He was like, come on, motherfucker. You know, like, keep going. It's like, if you can do five minutes, you're, you, there's no way you're going to lose your fight. Or, you know, just saying encouraging things, like like really revving him up. And he looked. I looked over and kind of watched, and he was kind of like, you know, he, looked, he was he was kind of broken. Like, he was either, I couldn't tell if he was just really tired or if he'd been hurt or whatever. And um, they finished the round, and he went went off to the bathroom, you know, with his nose up in the air. He, he had a nose injury. So, like, oh, shit, he got his nose busted. And uh, and Chris was immediately like, okay, John, your turn now. Come come on, fight me. And uh, I stepped up. I was like, okay. And I looked down, and there was like a fucking Jackson Pollock, like, splatter of blood on the mat. And I was like, uh, I was like, oh, shit, there's blood. You want to clean this blood up first? It's like, no. And he's like, no, God damn it. This is a fight. We don't get no shit about no fucking blood on the mat. It's like, <laughs> you know, screaming at me like a fucking drill sergeant. So I was like, okay. And, you know, sparred my round with him and uh, just walking through the blood. And, <laughs> and um, he took me down into the blood. And uh, so that was kind of a short round. Um, but um, anyway, it was just, just kind of like one of those moments that's like, uh, it was just very real. It was, it was very, 
um, I don't like injuries or like blood or anything like that, but it was just kind of like uh, affected like the animalistic kind of carnal madness that we all, that I think most men kind of have right. deep down inside of them somewhere. And um, so you took him down, you bit his throat. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was just good. It was just really good sparring. Sparring, it felt great. I was actually like, you know, did some things that were impressive to me where I can tell I've improved like head movement stuff, like, like slipping shots and mm-hmm. fancy shit. And, um, but it was just really fun. And we were like, it was, it was kind of playful, but also kind of serious. It was like, like when dogs play or something is what I would equate. Whenever, to. whenever it gets to a certain point, the dogs, both of the hair starting to stand up just a little you, bit. Or yeah. like, the, like they're kind of playing and then it gets serious for a second. And mm-hmm. then they're playing again. Um, like that. And, uh, and then, you know, the guy, we just came, we mopped, we mopped it up guy came back and he just like he put his head down the wrong way like put it down down and just it got clipped like it just got like flicked like Mm. what he did wasn't like a straight on like smashing broken but he just flicked it and when he did the bloods went yeah and and he had a fight that was on monday and he had to fight yesterday um which he lost i'm not sure what happened they probably got cheated. Let's say he got cheated somehow. Well, he was. I think he got jujitsu because his the guy was a purple belt in Brazilian jujitsu under Gracie. So oh, oh shit! But it didn't apparently it wasn't good at striking, and I was so I was like he probably got yeah got caught playing his game. But I mean Keith's good at jujitsu too. But um, anyway, so that was that was a you know that's the kind of thing like I don't want I don't if I was trying to show someone like what we do there I wouldn't want them to come on that day yeah <laughs> not because I'm not proud of it but just because it's a little bit you want to it's a bit much wean them wean them into it come to yeah come to a no gi jiu-jitsu where we're just sitting on our ass chatting most of the time and stretching and then we go over stuff and drill it and it's very like it's very calm you know it's not um, it's not combative it's not you know not like that there's not we're not hurting each other in there we're not in there to hurt each other Last night on the fights, uh, we saw I think three legitimately broken noses. Oh God, they were brutal. I kind of had nightmares about it. <laughs> um, like talking, you could tell instantly. Like the nose was was perfectly straight and fine, but now it's over here, and, and they keep fucking fighting. Yeah, I would cry. It hurt. So fucking much. <laughs> I've never had a broken nose, but I've been busted in the chops before. Yeah, it, it's not you gotta fun. Think, well, you got to think, like, you can't, you're, you're crying, you can't see. There's you money on the line. There's blood dripping into your throat, so your stomach is, like, filling with blood, and you're, like, getting sick from the blood in your stomach. And, the, and you know, you and at the same time, you have to be totally focused and focused on the fight, or you'll get your you'll get this shit handed to you. Yeah. The kind of, that's the, that's the thing about being a fighter. Yeah, being an athlete, having great technique, being creative, all that shit. It, but it's really about mental toughness. That's what defines a fighter. Like, like if you if you're like Ben Askren, if you get your get slant your head body slammed onto the and, canvas, and then you have Robbie Lawler throwing those fucking hammers at your head and connecting, and with you still every one of them, and you still get up and and grapple with him and get the better of him in the grappling, and eventually win. Like yeah, that's that's Even what a fighter is. Michael, uh, uh, Mike Tyson, uh, what's his name? The old guy that does boxing, the old man, Mickey. No, like he does like the boxing commentating. He's got a Bert Sugar, and that's not him. It's he does HBO. I forget his fucking name. Larry. Um, it's not Larry Merchant. 
God damn it, I can't think oh, of shit. Name. I but he's got a New York accent. Mike Tyson. But he was talking on Rogan about Tyson. He said uh, Tyson Tyson was a boxer. He wasn't a fighter. He never he never went through any adversity. When he won, he won. It was obvious that was it. But any type of adversity, he shut down. Mm-hmm. He found a way out. He right. bit Holyfield's ear. Whatever it was, he found a way out. And that was I was like, man, I would not say that to his face, but he's kind of right. Right. Did you see that f- yes. footage of him throwing hands at 52? <laughs> Holy fucking Still shit, jacked. it's fucking terrifying. Which one? Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson throwing hands? Yeah. He was just shadow boxing. Yeah, he doesn't box just anymore. Just doing a little shoe shine. He, he's, he's still amazing, even though he doesn't train. Yeah, he doesn't train anymore because he does I don't want to, to bring that animalistic side back he, out. Yeah, he, he doesn't like who it, who it makes him. It's the same thing with me when I quit music. It's like, this music is making me into a bad person. That's what I felt. You know what I mean? I, well, if you just write happier songs. No, that's not what I do. Well, I mean, do that. Change what you do to make other people maybe, happy. Maybe you should just stop being depressed. Yeah. You're being selfish. Yeah. Faggot. Maybe you, should, maybe you should stop. <laughs> maybe you should stop feeling bad about racism. Yeah. Yeah. We're anti-pedophilia here, John. Speaking of pedophiles, my favorite thing this week <laughs> okay. was the uh, Michael Jackson documentary, Leaving Neverland. It's really not about Michael Jackson. It's about two boys. Wade Robson. Not four boys. No, there was just two boys. This one's just about two boys, Charles. Not four boys. See, we were just four boys in in Liverpool. Still one of my favorite bits. We were just four boys. We were just four boys. We were just four boys. Which one's that? I think we were just four boys. I think that's George. Yeah. We were just four boys. That's John. We were just four boys. That's Paul. Paul all day But uh, the Leaving Neverland doc um, It's essentially interviews with like Footage and stuff from, And When all this stuff dropped back in like 92 or 93 I kind of figured Michael Jackson probably did some weird shit Yeah And as I got older I kind of thought it was like Since he was in like an arrested development He like they His doctor testified that he was a castrato Like his mm-hmm. parents had him chemically castrated when he was a kid and uh, to keep his voice high, and uh, but does that? But mean that, that hasn't been proven. But that's what he said. Like so, some fucked up shit happened. If he to was truly a castrato, he wouldn't have been fucking with little boys. I think you can still ejaculate. There's there's no uh, sperm. Oh, like a Berdizo. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I think you can still do all that stuff. You still got a wiener, and I, th- I just think the. The tube separating the testes to the yeah, the you're not getting any testosterone or anything. But um, I thought Michael like he might have had some boys over because that's who he related to the most because he's stuck in that uh, that stage and uh, they might have messed around kind of like little kids might whenever they're coming up and right. figuring stuff out. But it was much worse. It was he would um, groom them. They would there'd be dance contests and the kid. Like Wade Robson won a dance contest when he was five to Michael Jackson dancing, and uh, he brought him on tour with him and given the parents all gave, kinds of gave money. Gave the parents the parents all kinds of prizes money, for letting prizes, him, houses for letting him have access to their child, staying, uh, taking him on tour, uh, holding hands with him in public, all that stuff. And this is one of your favorite things. Well, it was, it was a very good documentary. <laughs> right. I like well-produced yeah. content. <laughs> I'm just, I thought you were anti-pedophilia. I'm anti-pedophilia. I'm pro-pedophilia documentaries. Which is it? <laughs> it's very, uh, 
complicated web there. I don't want to go into like you can watch the fucking shit. I don't want to go into what the way because they they were very graphic in describing the stuff. I believe them. For, yeah, I believe them too. There's no reason not to. Well, there's plenty of people given reasons, like because they testified in his favor in a couple of cases. Both of them have. But they were children. They have Stockholm syndrome too. Yeah, yeah. They they talked about how they would uh, they loved him. They like they thought of him as a god, and he um he thinks they're special. And like there's like there's tape of uh, one of them, Jimmy Safechuck, interviewing him on a plane on the way back from Hawaii, and he asked him, "What was your favorite thing about the trip?" And he goes, "Being with you, Jimmy." And he had little nicknames for him, Applehead, and all that stuff. So he, this guy, who's the most famous person in the world, probably ever to that point, yeah. at least in like pop culture, mm-hmm. um, bigger than the Beatles, bigger globally. than Elvis, yeah, oh, globally, it was insane. Yeah, and they, um, that guy thinks I'm awesome. He thinks I'm neat. He he likes Michael Jackson. Michael you know Jackson. I'm bad. I'm bad. Yeah. That Shamon. guy thinks that I'm as cool as him. Yeah, and he did it. He, he did it with lots of kids apparently. Um, but those are the only two that. We're in the documentary, and I mean it's really fucking good. The documentary is very compelling, and but people are uh, crapping all over it. They're like uh, the Jackson family debuted on the on the night of the first part of the documentary. They debuted a never before seen Michael Jackson concert in wherever the fuck on on uh, on YouTube, and then the next night they had another one on YouTube. Just trying to limit Just trying for, for counter-programming. It didn't work. No. But, I mean, I'll probably watch it, though. He was an amazing performer. But, but like, kids on stage, like, he, he would... Uh, you know how, like, you've seen movies about rock stars, and they'll have a guy that goes into the crowd and picks out girls to come backstage, gives them backstage passes? He had a guy that would go find kids to put on stage and, and dance to bad with them at the end. Of the show, I just yeah, and I don't want to talk. I don't want to get into all the the very graphic things that they talked about. But Michael Jackson was not a nice guy. No, not a good man. I mean, but they thought he was being nice. Like when well, he had a wedding ceremony with one of them. Do you think that he? That he <laughs> yeah, and they would get jealous whenever a new, they were jealous of Macaulay, and they were jealous of uh, another one, something Jordan, I think. But they were, and um, I don't. They never even mentioned all. Uh, What's his face? Corey Feldman. Mm. Do you think that if he wanted to make the world a better place, he should take a look at himself and make a change? You know, I've thought about that. Such a good song. But he was so, talk about a virtue signal. Uh, this, this guy's <laughs> talking little boys' buttholes and then singing that song. Yeah, make the world a better place. <laughs> Stop fucking kids, then. And um, man. But the, they talked about getting jealous of the uh, of new kids that would come around. It was so weird. It's so, but like you kind of knew that he was kind of doing that stuff, and they didn't think of it as abuse at the time because it was they weren't being physically hurt, you know. Right. And people, um, saying that they shouldn't be coming out with this stuff because Michael's not here to defend himself. <laughs> Go fuck yourselves. Yeah, I can't. Oh, can, can we? Okay, then stop talking shit about Hitler. Yeah, exactly. if he's if he's dead, why does he need to defend himself? I don't know. Don't, that doesn't make any sense. I do not know, but I don't know. You, if you if you can stomach that kind of stuff, I'd watch those documentaries. If I was you, I need to. 
stop being so. Uh, just the stuff with the kids just bothers the shit out of me. Well, it makes it. It sort of makes it easier that it is the actual kids, the kids that were there mm-hmm. telling the story, mm-hmm. not them reading off of court reports or whatever right. in a cold, weird manner. It's like, I mean, the world's a bad enough place as it is. You know, when you can't defend yourself, it makes it that much worse. And yeah, then I mean, there's a reason why there are laws because kids are stupid. You can convince a kid to do anything. Well, yeah, because they trust, especially you. if you're God. Yeah, they trust you implicitly. They're so dumb. So. They're just fucking idiots. <laughs> yeah. And the parents, man, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm just like, well, what are we doing here? This weird dude, let's not sit around and pretend that Michael didn't look weird. Yeah. Even in the late 80s, he was just in the middle of turning white. It's a huge success story. A young black man from middle America becomes Gary a Indiana. rich white woman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Extremely rich. I mean, the richest. Powerful. He had the Beatles catalog. The Four Boys. He had the Four Boys he catalog. He owned the Talking Beatles. He owned the Beatles music. He he let them use Revolution in a fucking Nike commercial. Yeah, that pissed Paul McCartney off. Buddy. It surely did. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck? That's how rich he was. You know, uh, Paul McCartney is the one that told him, you, you should buy um, music rights. And maybe I'll buy yours. Oh, Michael. You're so funny. I mean, <laughs> I mean um, that's, that, that's that's my whole thesis too. Is the whole without suffering, there's no beauty. Um, almost all the really great artists are uh, fucked up, or have experienced a lot of trauma, yeah, or fucked. have caused a lot of trauma, or um, you know, there's a, a correlation I'm between to think between of, of like uh, maybe not actors, but like musicians or. Comedians, the two things that I like the most, any of them that didn't have some sort of fucked up upbringing. Well, and here's the thing, too. Post-fame, once you get famous, right? And I've experienced it. I'm not saying I've experienced fame. But it's the same with drug users or anybody that takes them, that gets elevated, experiences something that's like otherworldly pleasure. Like being famous and like performing in front of thousands of people is a buzz. Oh, sure. Of a special type that you can't, you know, it's like, you know, you shoot up heroin and then for the rest of your life you're depressed because you can never, you know what I mean? Yeah. Nothing compares you're to that. You're chasing that. Because you're a fucking god. Like, people like Robin Williams or Jim Carrey, you play this part and you're this actor, you literally are, are being this person who's like a superhero mm-hmm. that will, that will, that's immortal. But then when all that's done, you've got to go back to being John right. or Chuck. And you've got to live with like a really what is relatively a very drab existence, being a normal person compared to stardom, compared to a drug, um, and God knows what you know what I mean. So that's what happens with fame. I watched a pretty cool documentary, most of it about um, Amy Winehouse. Mm. It's on Netflix. She was so good, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I had I, no idea. I actually felt bad because she got on my nerves when she was alive, and then. Uh, she was they were doing the whole depression thing. I was like, "That's a fucking affectation. It's getting on my nerves," and it really wasn't. So, oh no, the documentary. Oh, I get it. The documentary is good. Like she was just like a hopeless romantic and mm-hmm. started drinking herself to death, and you know, bulimic, and but like a really like charismatic yeah, person, powerful everybody, voice. Everybody yeah. loved her. Like she's an amazing guitar player. Like knows like crazy jazz chords and like 
like a wrote ser- her own music. Like, wrote her music like a serious musician. Like she's like just like a godly, like like an old soul. Like she, she's like she, she could have been sing, a female prince. She could sing like like a jazz woman, who, a jazz singer who's, who's sixty years old, had that kind of ability and knowledge at age sixteen. Damn. Yeah, she was. She she could have been. I mean, the, that two or three year run she had, it was it was pretty huge. And I actually liked the songs that I heard. And it's just rock and roll. It is. It's it's, it's her soul, story. It's all the stuff. Her story is rock and roll. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the rock and it's the quintessential rock queen, is what she was. And now you hear all the all the new female singers that are coming out are biting her style. Yeah, with the with the jazzy sounding style. But it sucks when they do it. It does. It kind of does. <laughs> it's not. It's not great. But I also, um, I was recommended something on uh, YouTube. It was. WWF live in Madison Square Garden sometime in 1984, and it's it's on YouTube as it originally aired, and it's got Gorilla Monsoon and Pat Patterson are calling the play by play, but uh, it's as it originally aired, which means it has all the commercials in between, and it was fucking cool. It, is, yeah. it had all the old 80s commercials. It had uh, and it was it was broadcast on MSG TV. Which it had, uh, so it's all of it was uh, like local centric mm-hmm. commercials, right? Right, like right. Lots of commercials for the cable company there. Cable Vision, try Showtime, three ninety nine a month, <laughs> and all this shit. Yeah. But it, it was fucking cool seeing something because I always, we always said uh, like if we're watching Perfect Strangers or something on, yeah, on Hulu, I wanted to see the original. It, it should have it as it was originally aired mm-hmm. in this area with fucking. Wouldn't be that what difficult. Tom either. Raper RV commercials in there, whatever. <laughs> Bert Woof. Bert Woof Toyota. Bert Woof gave me the very best deal that I could find. B A double L A R D S S Ballards. They're the best. They're the test. Our classes are the rest. Ballards brings the best to you. Boom, boom. Fuck now, one of those buttered today. <laughs> <laughs> one um, of them, one of them frozen pizzas from Ballards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they always had like a more dense crust. The Ballards frozen pizzas. It's really doughy. Yeah, it's good. It was hard to cook them evenly in those nineteen eighties ovens. Yeah. Um, I like my pizza black and frozen. <laughs> All right. Anybody got any umbrage? Umbrage? I thought you said you had good umbrage today, Chuck. Or did you already do it? I think I already did it. Okay. I had... um, This is... um, So I read two articles back-to-back that just came into my feed this week. And... um, the first article was about how you know how people don't don't adopt um, black cats. You just said something about this. Yes. Um, you know what I mean. It's the thing where people just don't want to adopt them for whether they're not as cute or whatever. They're not as popular, and so there's an abundance of black pets, dogs too, I guess, that need adopted. And it turns out that that problem, that phenomenon, has actually gotten worse in the um, social media. Revolution, because black cats don't look as good in selfies. Oh my god! And part of the motivation for someone getting a pet is to fucking take photos of the cat and put them on their fucking gram. 
You got to hit the gram, so baby. So fewer black cats are even even fewer still. That's even, that's a worse reason than the superstitious reason. Yes, it is. It's way worse. And it's like everybody's just selectively being empathetic, you know. Some people people turn their turn their eye to to cruelty all the time. Mm-hmm. But these are people who are trying to be altruistic and adopting a pet and kind of patting themselves on the back for it. But not that one. Because it's because the it won't look as good on my gram. Yeah, it's fucking. It stupid. won't boost my career as much as this colorful one will. Career. Okay, and then and then the very next article I read was so the self driving cars, right? They've got cameras and AI. So if it sees something, you know it'll stop. If it sees an obstacle, it'll go around it or stop. If it sees a person. It will, you know, it's not going to hit a person. The they're trying to program the cars, the self-driving cars, to minimize pedestrian casualties, and it's going to be better than what humans are now. But 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 the thing is, is that the AI, the darker a person's skin color is, the more likely the AI is to fail at seeing them, and therefore more black people will get hit, get hit. <laughs> By self-driving cars than white people. <laughs> Even the fucking robots and pet zealots are racist. God damn ridiculous. It. That is. I mean, it makes sense though. Like with the car, I guess. I mean, it's just it, that that surface reflects light not as good. It's not like. The bots hate black people. It's just a physiological, you know. We're gonna have to, they're gonna have to start phenomenon. wearing reflective clothing. I think. Yeah. I have trouble picking up anybody at night if they're welcome. So I've been surprised many times when I've seen somebody beside the road. You know. Yeah. It's even harder when they're black. Apparently. I imagine. Apparently. I wouldn't try to miss them. Ding. Yeah. So that's that's a little piece of umbrage. Well, not that I'm really mad about it. It was just, man. It's so fucking weird. Yeah. Um, okay, here's another one. So this week, um, so you know, Facebook for the last year, year or so has been taking lots of heat for uh, privacy shit, violating people's privacy or being irresponsible or whatever it is that they. some of the things they've been mad about have been ridiculous and some of the things they've grilled them about have been good or whatever. But um, So they've created this problem. They've created... A problem where their people's privacy is is in jeopardy because they're sharing so much information with other companies to make money. So they've make, they've gotten rich creating this privacy problem. Facebook has, and now old Zuckerberg's next Zuck. move is to use Messenger as a service that is um, a privacy based messenger service. So you can pay to have. Like super tight privacy on your messenger. No one can read it, but you, you know, and your your person here. And then, so they created the problem, got rich off of that. Now he's creating a solution, which he's that they're going to get rich on. Yeah, this you, this probably be like a dollar. This month. friends is why I have um, a lot of stock in Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> that motherfucker knows how to make money. You have Facebook stock. Oh yeah, we've been over this. And Amazon and mm-hmm. uh, Microsoft and Google. There's an artist, David Cho. He painted some murals in Facebook's offices whenever they were first opening up. And they paid him in uh, stock. 
and he's a billionaire now. Jesus. He just does whatever he wants now. If somebody uh, wants that, him to pay see, something. See, I like hearing about that, and then I don't, because I, with that amount of money, I mean, the world's your oyster. You can do whatever you want, and... He's got it's, lucky. It's, he it's had a thing that they depresses wanted. me because I because nobody I know has or myself has that kind of luck. You know, it's just I, I haven't checked my marijuana stocks in forever though. I might have millions of dollars, probably not. But you might have hundreds. <laughs> might even have thousands. Could be. Might have four boys. <laughs> I would like. I would like to meet four boys. Well, there's four boys right over there. You know who else was just or just four boys. Uh, Herman's Hermits uh, Metallica Yeah they were, were just four boys uh, We were just four boys <laughs> Queen <laughs> was just four boys Was there just four of them Yeah The Rolling Stones Were there four of them Or I five? think there were five Rolling Stones I Yeah because I don't think Mick played guitar They had a rhythm guitarist Yeah Ron Wood or maybe he was the lead. I don't know who's the lead. I don't know. I think there is a lead guitar in Rolling Stones. I, I really, Rolling Stones doesn't have a lead guitar. They sort of have some, but I think him and, uh, well, it wasn't Ron Wood in the beginning. He joined in the 70s. Um, I forget the guy's name, but he died early. Like, no one's like, oh, yeah, that Rolling Stones guitar solo is best. Mm, no, they're not. Mm. I mean, they're okay. They they fit. They're, but you're not going to find out anything. Oh, new information. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I didn't. I never knew a guitar so, could sound like this. So I thought that was pretty cool or pretty interesting little piece of umbrage. And then um, you kind of understand why people like Elizabeth Warren. I'm not a big fan of hers, but I, she's yeah, very, trying to you know make it a thing to break up all the big tech companies because they become too powerful, which is kind of um, it's kind of interesting. It almost makes me respect her a little bit uh, because those companies are all like uber leftist. Yeah, like they're totally. You know what I mean? They're, they're, yeah. they're, their politics are clear, and they've got a tremendous amount of power, and they're controlling our. Did you see the Rogan with Tim Pool and Jack Dorsey and his? Uh, um, Jack Dorsey owns Twitter. Uh huh. I no, I didn't watch it. Okay, it's uh, they're talking about all the weird things, like the all the questions, like the, how they selectively ban people and they get rid of people. Oh, it's dangerous as fuck. And she and. His, uh, I don't know who she is, what her name, her title is, but she's like she's over the uh, content, like what happens. You, she makes the rules for what you what happens she's on, the, on the platform. She's the big um, moderator over the whole thing, essentially. Yeah, yeah. but uh, and he was t- Tim Pool. He's a journalist and he's a leftist, but he's free free speech overall. It was just him talking about all these people that they have select- selectively banned certain. Things and like she's like we don't really have a bias. I don't know what you're talking about. It's like three hours of that. It's it got very frustrating because because the guy's making points and how could you possibly say you don't have a bias? Yeah, I don't know when you're when you when you're you're they literally like censor people and 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 kick people off and put them in jail and stuff for but they don't they don't even give you a reason because they don't have one. They don't have a clear. It's not like a a court like here's here's our policy and you get a lawyer and say you violated this policy in this way so you're under arrest there's none of that there's just nope you're gone yeah and i get that it's a private company that can do what they yeah, want but, but, but it's kind of not it, that's it's the become thing. the square that's become the debate though is that people are trying to say that facebook and google and others are more like utilities and it should be a collectively regulated thing yeah that's what they were talking about eventually they're going to have to be regulated 
because it's too big. Everybody has it, and, le- and nothing else is really coming along. It's grabbing everybody. Like there's no like MySpace was the thing, and these two things came along and just kind of fucked them all up. Yeah, I mean it's um, it'd be interesting to hear an antitrust lawyer talk about it. Is uh, it's it's not technically a monopoly because they're not preventing anyone else from doing the same thing, but they kind of have a monopoly because they're so fucking good. Yeah, and they're so big. I don't want to switch from Facebook because I don't have any fucking friends on any of the other platforms. Yeah. There's always I mean? Reddit. I enjoy Reddit. I never post anything to Reddit. But I can't interact with people I know on any other platform like I can with Facebook. We should just go back to AIM or, or ICQ. America Online. Yeah. But um, so that was interesting. I don't, that's not necessarily umbrage, but just some interesting things that have happened in the news. With the, I, I keep up with those dudes, all those all those techie dudes, Zuckerberg and Te- uh, what's his name, Elon Musk, and I kind of like, you know, I'm always curious about information about them. Yeah, but that's pretty much all my umbrage. Um. Anybody got anything else they want to talk about? Yeah. Um, Only the Strong. Yes. We watched Only the Strong last night. Mm-hmm. Only the, you know yeah, what that you is? Know what all, Only the Strong yeah, I'm is. aware of it. It's a Capoeira movie. Mm-hmm. It's a Capoeira blood sport. I didn't finish it. I fell asleep. But Capoeira, I mean, it's it's a dance, but it's also fighting, right? Yeah. And it seems like it'd be wholly ineffective against people that knew what they were doing. Oh sure, because it's all it, it's it's all it's all feet haymakers. It's all haymakers. Only haymakers. We're not throwing jabs. There's no leg kicks here. We're not we're not <laughs> finding our range. We're just throwing haymakers with our legs. And all of them are spins. There are yeah. There are no front kicks. There's no switch kicks. It's all spins. It's like a tornado of idiocy. <laughs> it's just I don't understand. I guess it. It can work if you're only fighting someone doing capoeira. Yeah, well, that's that's a lot of martial arts. It's like it's like karate's guilty of the same thing. A lot of karate is like we're we're going to train you to win fights against other people doing karate, yeah. <laughs> not against actual people that actually fight. That not th- against a, a wrestler that throw haymakers and wrestle. Yeah, we're just going to teach you when someone throws this kick, you do this kind of block, and when they throw this kind of karate kick, you do this kind of block. And so you're training specifically to fight somebody who's training the same shit that you're training. Right. It's stupid. It really is. Mm-hmm. I trained that shit from the time I was. Seven until the time I was fourteen. Well, you do, and the whole time, like Dan Gable gets a hold of you, you know. Yeah. And the whole time, I'm just like, I want to be a great fighter, but I know that that I'm not learning how to really fight this way, because I had seen, you know, I'd seen uh, UFC, I'd seen Royce Gracie. I was like, I would not be Royce. I'm sorry, Royce Gracie. Royce, like Rolls Royce. Yeah. Um, like this is not this. Like I'm learning how to fight. Like I'm learning good techniques, but it's not really applicable to a street fight. Or to uh, like a real fight, like it's not. I'm just learning to fight other karate people and to look pretty doing katas. And you did look pretty. I got to say, it was, um, <laughs> Michael Jackson would have loved it. So, um, but but yeah. So the so only the strong, and then yeah. So capoeira would work. Like you, they're dancing, they're moving one way, you're moving the other way, and you can if you're both playing by those same retarded rules. Yeah, you can very limited stupid rules. You can make a great sport out of it. But that's the thing. It's a sport. But um, I will say that, that capoeira kicks, 
they look fancy and bullshitty, like like where you do like a handstand, yeah. and then you jump with your right leg and then kick with your right leg. Like the fucking technique is legit. Like you can you can generate. You just need to mix it with other things. You can generate a. Tr- it's one of the most powerful kicks, our capoeira kicks, because you can generate a tremendous amount of power doing doing what looks like a really inefficient energy wasting movement. There's actually like real martial arts wisdom in that shit. And that's why MMA, MMA fighters use the fuck out of capoeira kicks. It's not super common because it, it does use waste a lot of energy and it's really risky. Like if you do a handstanding, I mean, you might end up on your back or whatever. But you might do a fucking amazing flashy knockout kick and be immortalized for it. I've seen a lot of guys use uh, that one kick where they bend down and they swarp around. Bend uh, down and kick on top. Yeah, I've seen a lot of them. It, it, like I said, it's rare. Or you do a handstand and kick down on them. I've not seen that sort in of like MMA. Sonya, like that Sonya kick in Mortal Kombat. I've not seen that in MMA, but I'm, I mean, I, I'm sure it's happened. Oh, I've seen it. I've seen people try it. I've definitely seen people try to do a cartwheel kick. There was a guy that would try a cartwheel kick every single time. <laughs> Chris, Chris does capoeira. He, he does capoeira kicks and shit on people. He's good at it too. Like it's scary because you don't. It's just, the thing about it is, is that you don't. The movement is so awkward. It's not like any other kind of fighting that that it's a different language. Usually, if someone's about to throw a punch, you can tell by the way. You can anticipate it because you're familiar with their style and you you know you know what's coming. You can defend better with Capoeira. These guys are doing this really retarded, and so you don't know which angle it's going to come from. You know what I mean? Or the timing of it is also weird. Because it's kind of really slow. So, it's just a very fascinating martial art. It's very pretty to watch, too. And they usually do it to, they do it to music. And they sing that song through the whole movie. Yeah. And these inner city kids are like... <laughs> it's fucking great. Yeah. It's like, it's like Ernest Goes to Camp Meets Bloodsport. Yeah, it kind of is sold. <laughs> <laughs> it's on YouTube for free, so okay. I might finish it later. All right, anything? Anybody got anything else? Nah, gotta run. Got to go jogging. No, gotta go to work. You queer work. What song should we go out to? I've been trying to think, uh, like, do songs um, that I might have heard this week that I liked a lot. I've been listening to Elliot Smith. Ooh, let's depress the fuck out of people. How about? Um, um, everything means nothing to me. All right. Thanks for listening, you bunch of shit dicks. Here's Elliot Smith. Everything means nothing to me. Go forth and fuck thyselves. Someone found a future as a statue in a fountain and attention looking backward in a pool of water. Wishes with a blue songbird on his shoulder that keeps singing over everything. Everything means nothing to me. Everything means nothing to me. Everything means nothing to me. I picked up the song and found my picture in the paper, the reflection in the Nothing to me, everything means nothing to me. 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 Everything means
Everything means nothing to me Everything means nothing